0: Okay, smoke and snow session twenty-eight. When uh, last we left our heroes, they had just, after a pretty successful haul, had returned home to their village of New Zealand. So, that's pretty much where we're going to pick up. You guys have rolled back into New Zealand, your cart bulging under the weight of the riches that you have recently acquired after raiding a sheltered inlet used by pirates for stashing their loot taking out the defenders and robbing said loot obviously all stuff happened on the way back that we know about but we're gonna skim over that and cut straight back to you guys arriving back in New Zealand it's early morning when you arrive there you've sort of you you count the previous night it's like a about a day's uh, ride away set off early in the morning so it's still like fairly early morning when you get there it is light but you know it's that sort of early morning light where it's very diffused it's not the it's not the bright sunlight of midday yet you arrive back in New Zealand you you cross the bridge over the river obviously the guards recognise you they sort of greet you You head past them, there's no problems with that. Everyone in the village knows who you are. And you rumble forwards into the village. However, as you get over the the bridge, you're just sort of getting into the village proper. You're moving through the the various like wooden buildings that are scattered around New Zealand. There's a few people sort of milling around, you know, people are going to the spot of early morning, fishing, you know, checking on their animals. The people who need to be up early. When as you're walking through the village, you've just got off your cart. You know, you start to stretch your legs a bit. Obviously, you've been on the cart a lot. You've been doing a lot of travelling. Probably, your joints are a bit sore. You've been sleeping in the wild, stuff like that. As you're so walking into the village, leaving your cart, you hear a familiar voice from behind you that you recognise as the voice of Alan Rivar, the the Ice Walker woman that you rescued from the pirates, the pirate slavers that you housed in New Zealand, you offered her and the Icewalker children that you rescued a place to live in New Zealand, you hear her voice from behind you suddenly, suddenly shout, defend yourself! What do you do?
1: You say defend yourselves?
0: Yeah. Well, actually, it was yourself, not yourselves. But
1: and and she's got a weapon drawn.
0: Okay, so Brock, you you spin round, you look at this this lithe, sort of muscular warrior woman who's a every inch an ice walker warrior. You can see that she's she's not actually carrying a weapon. She has weapons on her. But she, like you know she's got like a, a knife most ice walkers carry a knife for utility as well as combat like hanging at her belt she's wearing a normal sort of furs although she isn't wearing like all over furs on the top she's like her arms she got freedom of movement but she's actually just sort of like holding her fists up like that however as she starts moving forward you and only you Brock you recognize being an ice walker that what she's actually doing is she's effectively like Initiating an ice walker like mating ritual. Okay. Obviously, the rest of you guys won't know this. You'll just see like this. This woman looks like she's she's ready to like bare knuckle brawl you. But um, you know, Brock, as an ice walker, since many of the tribes have women in charge of the tribes because. It's very much set along the lines of like the men go out to do the hunting and stuff like that. But when it comes to like dealing with things in the home, defense of the home, that's very much seen as the province of the, the ice walker women. And they are fierce defenders of their home, their children, their kith and kin. And it's pretty much the responsibility of the woman, when it's her time, to choose a strong mate that she thinks will help reinvigorate the tribe, basically, because if they choose if they choose a poor mate, then the future of their tribe will suffer accordingly. Now obviously we know Lan Rivar's tribe has been pretty much wiped out for intents and purposes by these pirates. There's her and a handful of young children who won't come of age for many years. She's pretty much the only adult of her tribe left.
1: okay? And uh, she's a good-looking lass, is she? She she's a
0: she's a very healthy, red-haired, muscular woman. Yeah. Are okay.
2: we? So sorry if I missed that part, but are we just now strolling in with our massive loot? You, you,
0: you've basically stopped a little bit away from the village you've got off the cart to stretch your legs. Yeah. you're sort of leading the cart rather than riding it you know so you mm-hmm. like just so like say just stretch your legs a bit and then you've heard this shout from behind you brock's turned around and he's like oh i know what this is whereas you guys look <laughs> around and there's just this woman shouting de- who you recognize obviously as Lan Reval shouting defend yourself she's obviously looking at brock yeah and she, so, she's giving uh, it like I'm... the bare knuckle like fist fighter yeah. like you know that street fighter like moving backwards and forwards like
2: yeah, dancing on the spot like yeah, that sort of, of thing yeah. you know so yeah i'm just like you know like ah whatever whatever that is and if we need we actually do need to get this stuff into the town and secure so just leading the like i'll, I'll get the cart rolling again yep <laughs> you, like, you continue I don't need to deal with this you continue
0: so. leading the cart forward you're like Bish.
2: Whatever this is, it's not dangerous. So, don't care. (laughs) She she makes
0: no attempt to interfere with you going about your business and moving on ahead. At all.
1: Okay, well, uh, seeing that uh, I've basically been challenged, as it were, I'm going to drop off my rucksack and sort of chuck off my gloves. or fur sort of gloves. uh, And I'm going to square up to... Okay, so as... As the um, the equipment falls
0: with like a dull thump to the ground off the the no doubt oiled and toned body of Brock, you know the early morning sun shining down, probably some inspirational power chords like starting in the background. <laughs> you, you you see her like what looks like the faintest like little twitch of a smirk at the corner of her mouth, as she like she nods at you and then she like drops down into a, a semi crouching sort of like ready-to-go stance, basically, like, with their fists sort of held up. And you you know, Brock, that in this sort of... this one-on-one sort of combat, because it is a one-on-one combat, obviously the idea is not to, like, actually, like, beat, beat your enemy to death or anything like that. Yeah. The idea is basically just to, like, prove your strength. And the idea of, like, the woman challenging the potential mate is to, like, assess how strong he is and if he's a worthy mate, because... If he's not, and she's like, oh, you know, he doesn't put up... I mean, you don't even have to necessarily beat him, you just have to put up a good fight. But if you can't, then it's like, like, it's probably not worth taking this any further because you're not going to be a a good, strong continuer of the tribe.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll do a bit of sort of dancing around, you know, sort of going around. Um, And I'll move in with the intent to sort of hit her, but I'll... On purpose, leave an opportunity to see if she's, you know, like I'll let my guard down for a split second just to see if she's quick enough and agile enough to take advantage.
0: Okay, that's absolutely fine. So can you make me a strength check?
1: Okay. Four.
0: Okay, so I'm sure that will no doubt be a success. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, there we go. The dice rolls just popped up splendid. So, yeah, this obviously we're we're condensing this down for the for the sake of speed, but there's a tussle between the two of them. There's various blows are thrown. You you take two hit points of damage, Brock. Mm-hmm. She takes a few like bruises and a few knocks as you sort of like. Going at each other you can tell she's quite a skilled combatant she's obviously very strong very physically capable and she puts up a good fight you you obviously can tell from the way she's fighting she's not actually really trying to injure you the sort of hit point loss you're taking is just like oh you know you catch like an elbow to the face or something like that she's, yep. she's obviously not actually trying to injure you her you can tell from her sort of jabs and her blows they sort of aim to basically like Test your defenses rather than like oh, I'm trying to beat you into the ground.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: after a while, as this sort of wears on, it probably only takes a few minutes in like real time. But obviously, it's all very fast, very quick. Eventually, obviously, you're you're a practiced adventurer. You've been doing all this uh, all this stuff that's kept you very physically fit. I mean, you you tote around like a double-handed sword like it's nothing eventually your your strength does start to prevail as maybe she's starting to get a little bit worn out a little bit sooner than you because like you say, you're hardened by not only your ice walker life but also your life as an adventurer so your greater strength does start to prevail and eventually you, you realise that like, yeah, you're going to be able to win this contest but it's up to you how you choose to win it so how, like- how do you bring this contest to its conclusion?
1: Yeah, obviously, like you say, it'll be going for a few minutes, back and forwards, but I'll be looking to do the classic in this situation of getting a, a leg behind and sort of, you know, pushing her back and onto her back and, and obviously pinning her down by sort of sitting on the stomach with her two arms held down, sort of face-to-face, in okay. like a submission move, basically,
0: yeah, no problem. Dominance. And, that, and that's exactly what happens. As you as you do that, she as she's sort of like lying on the ground. She she holds her hands up like that. You've obviously beaten her in this test of strength, which was sort of the point of the whole affair. And as she sort of holds her hand up, she she looks at you and she say, she says. I accept I accept defeat. Uh, at least there is at least there is one man in this village who is
1: worthy enough to help rebuild my tribe. Yeah, and with that obviously I'll jump straight up and offer her an arm to yeah, pull she, her back to her feet. She, she takes the arm and you pull her back to her feet. She
0: Now obviously she's from a different tribe to you. So there's certain things in common, hence why you recognised what she was doing. But since we've not fully defined this in terms of like the Ice Walker tribe, obviously, obviously we don't need to get into the gory details. (laughs) Obviously, it's a role-playing game. But in terms of like your tribe's traditions, because effectively she's been like, "All right, yes, you're worthy enough to be like a mate to help me rebuild my tribe." In terms of your tribe what would the next step be in this sort of this ritual now that you've proven that you're worthy of being of of being like basically becoming like the the joint head of like a tribe because it would because they are there are always two heads of a tribe a man and a woman
1: yeah so uh it would obviously be completed with a celebration of you know some note obviously depending on the situation and finances and all of that sort of stuff. It will be different degrees, but no significant uh, inviting of anyone that would be applicable to attend. Obviously, she's not going to have many people. Um, I've not got many people, but it will be, you know, my close friends, i.e. the party, sort of heads of the town. Um, We'll look to make sure there's a celebration with plenty of food and drink being the main okay so
0: obviously a celebration with food etc is either going to involve you going out and hunting for food or it's going to involve you like buying or otherwise obtaining food so first so of that, all a that'd of be things, part of it yeah I'll say first of all how do you go about obtaining the necessary like vitals for your celebration and also how do you announce it to your friends and to the village
1: yeah so that'd be one of the first parts is going out and hunting the the actual main meal of the, the feast, you know, whether that be a large deer or boar or anything that would be available in, in the sort of fairly near vicinity. Um, so that will be done as a, a couple. So that'll be part of, part of the ceiling of the deal. Um, um, I think that would probably go on first and then we've, I mean, obviously I tell people where I was, I was going to get some food and as part of this, but then the invitation would come once we return, hopefully, you know, with this large beast on some sort of stick tied to the stick. And you sort of pronounce it as you go through town, you know, knocking on people's doors and with the sort of the, the bloody body sort of still dripping as you're walking through town.
0: Uh, Okay. So, for the rest of you guys, on the the first day back in New Zealand, obviously, you've seen this fight going on. Quintin, Malcolm, did you? What what were you doing while that was on? Or did you just carry on with like Weimar into the village? Just carried on, then. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Just left, brock
4: to his business
0: okay so you you guys are in the village and after like a couple of hours obviously we'll talk about what you guys want to do in the village both lan and brock come walking back into the village they're carrying like a, a stick between them and hanging from this stick is the the dead carcass like recently killed of a large dire wolf that they have hunted in together in the forest it's brought back through, they they seem in great spirits, they're they're very happy, and this this pronunciation, this announcement goes out to the to all the people in the village, obviously yourselves included, that to celebrate the the union of Brock and uh, Lan and like uh, the the rebuilding of this tribe, which technically Brock you get to name. I mean obviously your sort of co-leader of the, the tribe has to agree but you'll get to name it as the, the other player character. Um, this pronunciation goes out to celebrate the union and the the rebuilding of this tribe which we can name it at a later date. You can have a bit of time to think about that. <laughs> There's going to be a great celebration held throughout the evening. They're, they're going to cook this dire wolf over the fire. They've got some like herbs and Various other bits and pieces of their foraged as well, you know, probably some like root vegetables and stuff like that. They're going to build like a big fire, all the village are invited to come along and like eat and drink and whatever. Uh, basically, they're saying like, oh, you know, if people want to bring food and drink as well, that's fine. They, they don't have to, but it's it's to be a night of celebration. Initially, the the rest of the villagers in New Zealand are a bit sort of like, oh, this seems a bit strange. We're not too sure about this... Because obviously they're all like Leander followers... And there's a distinct waft of the pagan... About this uh, this whole thing... But to be honest... Winter's coming in... Food's getting a little bit more scarce... They're not going to turn down a free feed... So... Gradually people start warming up to the idea... You know a few people bring in like... I don't know probably like jugs of moonshine... Or whatever they've like managed to like make... There'll be like a bits of bread and whatever... So... That's going to be going on in the evening, but obviously you're free to do other stuff. So whilst this pronunciation's going on and they're hunting or whatever, what are the rest of you guys up to in the village? I'm slipping off
1: to see the sage. about these magic bottles I need to get looked at. Okay.
0: Okay, well, let's jump to that. So it doesn't take you very long to find that Quillac, you know, where his hut is. And after a short while, you see the uh, you see the little blue-faced Ice Walker Sage with his, uh, his pointy hat. He's uh, he sat looking at some charts and various other writing implements, and he's like scribbling down notes as he's like continuing his research and stuff like that. And as you see he's um, he's he's like puffing on his pipe, which occasionally he sets down on the table next to him as you as you sort of open the door there's not really any locks or such like. that, as you sort of open the door he looks up and he's like ah I, I didn't realise uh, you were all back in the uh, the, the village uh, what, what can I do for you Quentin?
1: I found two strange liquids
0: uh, okay
2: and as the only person around here with
0: knowledge you know you see he seems quite pleased that you've said that although he's try he's doing a poor job of like trying not to show it and he's like well I don't know that I'd say that but um I'm I'm, I'm certainly happy to uh to take a look at these uh these strange liquids uh, where where did you find them if you don't mind me asking um Nina the then oh he says um he says well uh, per- perhaps you better pass them over then so i can uh, i can have a look at them he says, how alchemy is not really my thing but i i, I i've dabbled on occasion I'll, I'll hand him over the iridescent and dark liquid okay so that's the the pearlescent potion and the dark potion okay so first of all he he takes this dark potion oh he sort of swells it around a little bit. Has a bit of a sniff of it. He he takes like the world's tiniest like drop on his little finger and he's like and he, he pulls a he pulls a sour looking face and you see him sort of like he immediately like grabs a uh, like a water skin and like swells his mouth out and spits it onto the ground next to it. And he says uh, he says, Well, I can tell you something. That's definitely a poison of some kind. He says, "Yes, this a uh, this dark liquid." He says, "Yes, the sort of acrid taste. though. I'm glad. It seems pretty strong. I'm I'm glad I only tasted the tiniest amount. Um, I'm pretty sure that anyone who had more than a sip of it would be in a lot of trouble very quickly. If you know what I mean." What? then he says let's have a look at this uh this pearlescent liquid you've got and he again he repeats much the the same process only this time when he takes like a tiny little dab on his he sort of smiles and he says oh that's uh that's entirely different he says uh, he says yes i i think this is a a restorative or a a curative. Of, hold on a second. Then he starts like rummaging around in his uh, his written materials, and he's like, a, he says, "Yes, yes, I." Um, he pulls open a book, and you can tell it's like a, like a notebook or a journal that's got scribbled notes in. And he says, "Yes, I definitely a, a curative. Um, I, I would say this is a a general sort of a revivifying tonic of sorts. Um, you know, probably probably used to help." restore people who have suffered uh, minor injuries or those suffering from uh, ailments that prevent moving, that sort of thing, you know, muscular ailments, that sort of thing. Great, thanks. But obviously, he, he hands the, uh, he hands them back to you.
3: Yeah, is there anything else
0: I can do for you? Uh, yeah, I found a stone tablet as well. Oh, okay. Um, right, well, if you, uh, and you hand him over the priest's stone tablet and uh, he, he looks at it and he says uh, have you managed to decipher any of these uh, pictograms? Some. He says, well, uh, I'm a little bit rusty, but it's, uh, it seems to say uh, the ancient ones who tutored us in the days of old have departed taking the best of those blessed with their blood. Now, we know that the uh, the ancient ones I, I know from my um, Valconan history are, are this sort of semi-mythical race of beings. Some people we, we don't really even know if they're real or not. They were supposed to have tutored the first of the ancient mages, the uh, the senna. This is a uh, many many people believe they have forsaken us and turned to their pupils, the uh, the senna for rulership. But I have faith they will return. And Then you see this picture, and that must represent the actual person. I think the name's like Cabrashan or something. Wait a minute, that rings a bell. And he? he again, he starts rummaging through his uh, through his books, and he says, uh, he says, yes, uh, he says, Can, He says, uh, some sort of priest. Uh, uh, I, I don't have much on him, but um, yes, there's definitely a reference to him being a, a man of faith, uh, uh, p- possibly a sinner. Uh, but yes, this this must be extremely old. I mean, based on the uh, the writings and the hieroglyphs. It's, uh, I'm not sure what else I can tell you about it unfortunately just the um, link to a name is,
4: proves the point of where it
0: was he says yes well uh, th- this person seems to be saying something that the, about these uh, these ancient ones departing and we certainly know although there's, there's some doubt amongst academics like myself about whether they even existed or whether they have some sort of myth to a uh, to justify the, the rise of the Senna, but, but the person who wrote this definitely seems to have regarded them as real. And we know that in the, the myths and legends of Valcona, after a certain date, there ceases to be any mention of these ancient ones. So perhaps this is revealing something of the nature of why that is. Perhaps they, they did it, either they or the people that this myth is based on really did depart or migrate or leave for pastures new. Well, thanks. Can I leave that with you? Um, Yes, of course. Uh, I'm I'm more than happy to look after it for you. Is there anything else I can do for you? No, I'll just let you get back to your day, thanks. Yeah, thank thank you. Thank you. And I'll remove that from your... uh... Your sheet. Obviously oh, so you've still got the potions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Malcolm, what are you up to? Um so
4: I uh, two things I think I want to do. So the first one is I want to grab Weimar and have a brief chat about the Shadow elves mm-hmm. and whether we want to go to this uh, moot or meeting and see them there and does that does the fact that we're expecting them to be there change our stance or are we still well, because I I'm not sure how I feel about them.
2: If, if we're going with the plan, I think we have to go to the mood, or I have to go to the mood, You don't have to, but...
4: Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll put our differences aside and...
2: Yeah, I'd say for the moment, let's. if for nothing else, let's just see what he's brewing okay. out there. I can't imagine what it would be that he or she's, you know, lackeys have somehow communicated to the the shadows up north that would have made them join this effort. <laughs> <clears throat> I can't imagine what that would have been. So, the, at least that that would be interesting to find out what what that is about. Yes, yes. So, I'm I'm still of the mind that uh, I, I should go.
4: Okay, so then I would like to, um, I'm guessing I've built a shrine to the judge somewhere in this village. Yep, you can certainly Um, have done
0: that. That's well within your means. um, And I guess I'll go and, um,
4: I guess, kind of sit down there and meditate for a little while. And then I think I want to break out the old Dolby. Okay, and yeah, I guess start kind of meditating with the tobacco and effectively trying to work out how best to tame this wyvern um, and what information I might be able to glean from the experience we had with it, or any other knowledge that I might have about similar creatures that might allow me to understand what, if anything, I could do to increase my chances of successfully um, taming it and having it become my pet.
0: Yep, that is absolutely fine, not a problem. So you you sit down at the shrine, you bust out the the old Dobie, obviously, uh, cross one of your your old Dobie uh, doses off. So you get to make an intelligence check. You smoke it and you ponder how you might mm. tame this Wyvern. Ooh. Success. Okay, so as you're as you're sort of sitting there and you're pondering this matter, and you're like, right, okay. Obviously, you want to tame the wyvern. You've got experience with taming a number of smaller beasts, and you know from having observed the wyvern's behaviour before that it is obviously an animal. Obviously, that doesn't mean it can't be cunning. Many animals use ambush tactics. Um, It's obviously a predator. So it's extremely dangerous, but it it's not, it's not a, a sentient being as such, it's an animal. Um, you know that obviously it's got a very deadly poison that presumably it is immune to. You would imagine that it poisons its prey and then once the prey has perished it then eats said prey. Because of the size of it you would expect that it has to hunt fairly frequently. That would also tie in with you know that it drove the large wolves away from the area it settled so you'd imagine that it killed like a lot of them because it would need to eat a lot just because of its metabolism and the size of it Um, obviously it's got wings so the you think the main danger it poses is probably its maneuverability because obviously you know from your previous experiences that in order to in order to bond with an animal you have to sort of Approach it in a non-threatening way, but in order to do that, the animal has to be sort of like receptive to that. You have to be able to do that. You think the main challenge is probably going to be getting it to stay still for long enough that you can approach it in a non-threatening manner, because you expect, given its wings and the way it sort of swooped down and struck previously with its potent stinger, that that's probably its mo. It sort of swoops down on the prey. Stings it flies up again out of danger waits for the poison to take effect then once it's sure there's nothing else around It can then come down at its leisure and finish eating the prey. So you think that's going to be the main challenge however The fact that it has to consume a lot could also be a potential way of getting it down because Like most animals If there's food available It's not going to turn it down. So you think probably your best bet to sort of ground it so to speak and then be able to approach it was if you could amass like a suitable pile of food that you could then sort of like convince it that oh you know it's not going to it's not going to be jumped by like a larger predator when it comes down to get this food it's probably much like the people of New Zealand it's probably not going to turn down a free feed especially with the the cold weather coming in Obviously, it's going to need more calories, more energy in the cold to keep itself going. So, the the presentation of a suitably large amount of food would probably be your bet to get it grounded. Then your main challenge is going to be approaching it in a way that its first reaction isn't just to like sting you and like add you to the pile of like prey that it can <laughs> eat at its leisure, because that's probably its like initial response. Like, oh, if something's coming towards me, sting it. Wait till it dies, eat it later. That's probably like its initial first response. Okay. Cool, interesting. Okay, so whilst um, whilst you're sat there doing that, and you have indeed noticed, and it does hearten you, uh, Malcolm, that uh, you notice like a few like little sort of. I mean, they're not expensive, and they're fairly like crude. But like, a few little like offerings have been left at this like shrine that you've put there, and obviously you didn't leave them there because you'd know. So some of the some of the villagers must have actually left them there, which is a bit heartening, because obviously everyone in the village has been like, ah, oh, Leander this, Leander that, <laughs> and but perhaps so long without a priest, which initially was worrying them but obviously the world hasn't ended because they've not had a priest you've built this nice little shrine maybe a few of them have started to think well you know give it a go and in fact as you're uh, as you're sat there and you're, you're puffing on your old dobe and yourself sort of, you've just finished sort of thinking about this wyvern conundrum you actually see one of the um, one of the sort of middle-aged women of the village like, comes up like wandering up to the shrine and she's carrying in her hand like a little a little wooden figure it's a very crudely carved sort of like human figure she's obviously carved it herself out of like local sort of fir wood or whatever pine wood take it wrong it's not going to win any like sculptural awards or anything but you know it's it's a it's a twitchy little handmade like crafted thing and she so sort of, she comes up she doesn't seem to notice you at first and she just like puts it down at the base of the shrine and then she sort of sees you realises you're there and she and she smiles almost like a little a little bit embarrassed but you know she's been like caught putting this like little thing on the shrine and she says oh I, I'm sorry I, I I didn't mean to disturb you uh, I well um, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed to be honest uh, but uh, I, I just thought uh, since uh Seth's been so ill for, for the last um, couple of days. I thought, wow, you know, it it, it can't do any harm. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe if I put this there, you know, maybe the maybe the judge will smile on us and my make him better. I thought, well, it, it can't do any harm, can it? No, certainly can't. Nothing to be embarrassed about. Um... Thank you. I, I appreciate your understanding. Seth. It's just a. To, to, to be honest, I'm only really embarrassed because we had those um, we had those um, pilgrims come through a few days ago, and obviously they were they were all sort of they, they were all sort of for, for the for the for the faith of Leander. So, we're... oh, and where did the pilgrims come from? She says, oh, oh uh, well, let's see, it would have been about uh, four days ago. Um, they they've only recent they they recently arrived in Valcona and i think they i mean I, I wasn't directly involved in any conversation with them I was just sort of like i, I, I overheard uh, i think they come from tozan originally um they they had they had a, a a priest um leading them and they they were just passing through um the uh you know old josiah the uh, the headsman he you know how desperate he is to get a a new priest in a new zealand he he tried to persuade them to stay here but um they 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 were they, they i don't mean i don't mean to sound disrespectful but they they, they were they were going on about um fo- following the uh f- following the words of the of the prophet tozan and they, they they were very polite about it but they they declined his offer to stay in the village uh, they they said they were they were planning to found a little community of their own um, last i saw of them they, they, they headed further up the river to the north okay I'm, uh, sorry, I'm sorry I, I can't really stay longer I, I've, I've got to get back to look after Seth like I say he's been ever so poorly the last couple of days Ah
4: yes well George I'm sure will
0: thank you for your offer Oh thank you so, 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 oh, but By the way um, I know I, 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 obviously, 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 I, I, I recognise you of course I, I, I know that you and your friends have only just um, come back to the village just be a bit careful if you're if you're in the woods, on the outskirts, uh, Seth, before he, before he... Bless him, before he, he got out, he said he was attacked by some sort of creature in the woods. So, I um, if you're going out into into the, the woods, ju- just be careful and look after yourself. I um, don't want anyone else to be... Stripping. What sort of creature was he attacked by? He says, well... I mean, he... Take take this with it. Take this with a grain of salt. He was, he was a little bit delirious. Poor thing, when he made it back to the village um, he, he he said at first he thought he he saw a person out in the woods, and he, he thought maybe it was someone who got separated from a, like a wagon cart or like a merchant cart or something like that. So he, I mean, he's, he's ever such a kind boy. He, he he went over to try and help them, and he says. Um, the way he described man, he said oh he was all, he was all like pale and like frostbitten so he thought you know someone who's been wandering around in the woods not prepared for the cold and he uh he went to try and help the man and the the man attacked him like he's got a nasty bite mark on his uh his shoulder uh, if if seth hadn't been carrying a, a lit torch at the time i which he, he fended the whatever this man was off off with the torch i i should have think what had happened uh he, he managed to stagger back to the village but he bless me like I say he was a he was delirious and almost near collapse so the the village herbalist has been has been looking after him but he just seems to be, be getting weaker and weaker by the day okay and he, he, he seems to have these horrible dreams he, he wakes up screaming almost every night I mean no, I'm I, no. I, I mean I, I'm, I'm no herbalist but I'm I've got a bit of knowledge of that area and then she sort of says I'm oh, sorry for Sally by the way um Sally Theodora, uh, he, he, he wakes he wakes up screaming in the night, and I'm I'm doing my best with the, the herbs that the herbalist gave me, um, but um, I, I don't know what else I can do. Well, perhaps I could have a look at him and see if uh, there's anything I can do. Uh, well, funny if if you're sure, I mean, I I'd be I didn't know you were a medical man, but I'd be a i would be a, a, a I'm almost at my wit's end. I don't know what to do. I'd be, I'd be grateful of any. I mean, obviously, I've, I've heard about the deeds of yourself and your companions, and how, how you've overseen pr- protecting the village and directly protected it. And uh, I, I've heard the tales about you, you visiting, visiting the dwarves to the north and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, any, anything you could do to help, like, so I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what else I can do. Yeah, well, I'm no
4: medical man, but I know a king of.
0: Or two of the creatures of this world so let me see if i think uh, yes yes of course um i'll take you straight and she basically leads you to one of the one of the sort of wooden buildings in new Zealand. and as you as you're sort of led in there obviously it's the normal you know like straw mattresses such like in these like long shared buildings but you can see that obviously people have tried to like move their sort of mattresses away from one corner of the building to like give this guy some space and like you can see that a, a very sort of rough like Hessian blanket has been like strung up over one of the corners of the room to like section it off. She pulls back the blanket, and as she does so, you can see that there's this young man. He looks very pale. He's a uh, he's actually asleep, but he's like he's very restful. He's like tossing and turning occasionally, like groaning a little under his breath. You can see across his shoulder there they've like wrapped like a bandage around him and you can see there's like some herbs like a herbal poultice like peeping out from underneath the bandage and she said well there, there he is sir.
4: okay so can i take the bandage and the
0: poultice off and examine the wound yep yeah, you you, you I mean, you have to take it off fully but yeah you like lift it up so you can get a good look at the wound she, she's she's fine with that she's like <laughs> i don't know what to do like you're not gonna make any worse uh, and you, you lift it up and you can see that he doesn't need to have this like big bite mark so sort of, on his shoulder and it looks roughly the shape of like a human sort of mouth but like the the wounds are like much more like puncture like like the teeth are like, nice. sharper than a human's okay and can
4: you d- describe
0: again to me the creature i seen dead and
4: Stone tower. Stone tower.
0: yeah it looked like a it looked like a sort of emaciated human with like frostbite at the end of its limbs very pale and it had like needle sharp teeth instead of like okay. normal human teeth and did it have red it had like blood smeared all around its mouth and it's neck. oh
4: so it was actually blood as opposed yeah. to red okay yeah
0: when you saw it the blood was dried but it was obviously like blood had been splattered there and just like allowed okay. to dry and does the timing
4: of that and the timing of this attack? line up as that it might be that
0: creature that was dead, or... If you you think, sort of referencing what you were told by Mercy Dixon at Staffstone Tower, unless these things can, like, move, like, ridiculous quick, like, sort of, dragon flight quick, it's probably not the same creature. Okay. Because, obviously, you know, New Zealand is, like, a number of days... It's more than, like, four days travel from Staffstone. if If you're walking, so... Unless it could like move like, like the wind, it's not going to have bit this guy here and then like ghosted over to Staffstone. Okay. And when I kind of smell the wound,
4: or when I kind of touch around it, does it look like there's some sort of toxin spreading
0: in the body, or is it? You can't see any sign of a toxin, and there's actually like very little like blood around the wound, like at all. Like you'd expect if someone had been bit there it'd be like Pfft. But there's like very little blood there at all and you can see that the that the guy sort of moans a little bit as you're like but he doesn't regain full consciousness as you as you sort of lifting the bandage up, you can see like he looks like very pale.
4: Okay. Um And would my hunting knowledge Allow me to um, suspect that he's lost an awful lot of blood
0: yeah obviously you don't even have to make a roll for that yeah you can see from how pale he is and like how pallid and how weak he looks that yeah he looks like he's lost an awful lot but I mean you've seen people who've got injured before and they've lost lots of blood and he <laughs> he looks like that I mean he looks like he's, he's at death's door you think like unless something changes he's maybe got two three days to like tops if he like assuming he like keeps getting weaker okay and obviously like transfusions aren't really a thing
4: yeah yeah okay
0: um you can see the um with what knowledge you have you can see from the the herbs that the village herbalist has put under this but they're basically put up they're, they're put together like a poultice which is like i suppose like a combination of sort of antibacterial to prevent the wound getting infected but also it's got like various herbs in that are associated with you know like fortifying you and like strengthening the blood and stuff like that so obviously like the village herbalist has realised like oh he's lost a lot of blood but like say because transfusions aren't a thing mm-hmm. beyond sort of like oh we're going to give you like broth and food and stuff that helps you recuperate there's not a lot they can do really okay and if I examine his
4: mouth and his teeth, do his teeth look normal,
0: or do they seem to be changing? Okay, you you like pull back his lips, his teeth, first of all, well, i tell you what, let's have some sort of roll, maybe a wisdom roll. Now obviously you will find out information, you're not going to find out nothing, but let's just see how much you find out.
4: Uh that's a fail.
0: Okay, so as you're sort of looking at him, you pull back his lips, his his teeth appear pretty normal, and you're about to sort of leave it at that, really, and go about your your business. You're like, well, oh, there's, there's nothing odd to see here, when as you're looking at him, you notice that sort of above his teeth, where his gums are, there's like odd sort of lumps in his gums, and when you like very gently, you sort of like push them, they feel like quite hard.
4: OK, OK, OK,
3: okay.
4: Um, so I'll turn to Sally. Um, and just say, um he seems to be resting well um. let me speak with my friends, and I will call back tomorrow to see if there's anything else that we can do.
0: thank you thank you it's it's very much appreciated sir. yes um he's at first when he came back he was he was awake a lot of the time, but now he seems to he seems to sleep mostly but every time he Every time he wakes up, he, he he says he's been having the most horrible nightmares.
3: Okay.
4: Okay.
0: But yes, but, and, she, and she sort of like clasps hold of your hand in hers. Says, "Any anything you could do, I, I, I would really appreciate it." But honestly, yeah, I look, honestly, I, I don't know what I'd do without him. Well, we
4: we can. And she she looks very close to
0: tears as she's saying that. You can tell that basically it looks like the last few days she's been sort of like keeping it together and like taking care of him and now like someone else is like oh maybe I can shoulder a bit of this burden to you like just like the relief is like you know she she again she looks very like close to tears and you can tell that obviously she's presumably like not been sleeping because she's been looking after him she's been pretty much running herself ragged and she's pretty much running on adrenaline at the minute that's like all that's keeping her going because she's been like by his bedside I'm just going kind to
4: of- Pat her gently and kind of there, there. Uh, do what you can for him, and I will return tomorrow and see.
0: Thank you, thank you. And she she sort of like goes and sits on a little like three legged wooden stool next next to his bed, and she sort of like t- takes hold of one of his like pallid like thin hands in hers, and she starts sort of like talking to him softly, you know, sort of checking his bandages and stuff like that. Okay. Nice. Um.
4: So, uh, do you want to skip on to Weimar and then I'll follow up with him afterwards?
0: Yep, can do. So Weimar. Um,
2: what sort of timey wimey stuff?
0: Doing the village? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're in a bit of a sort of timey wimey situation at the minute. Yeah. Obviously, there's various stuff going on at different points in time. Yeah. But we're sort of just like. We're keeping it all fairly loose at the minute, there's no need to like track minutes and hours and stuff like that. This is basically the first day back at the village. Yeah. B- Brock's so, still like giving his like Wait bro that's Wolf Celebration. <laughs> you can yeah. hear him outside like shouting to the villagers that there's gonna be this big celebration like later on. Um,
2: it's going to be straight to planning the sort of expansion and um construction that we've been talking about. So probably uh, hanging out with the the sort of headman that we have in in the village. Yeah.
0: Um, do we call him mayor? He, he's just called the headsman of the village, or yeah, he's headsman. just called Josiah. He's like it's not all about yeah. people calling him by his name. Yeah. So
2: hanging with him, I have a pre-existing arrangement with him as well, and um, yeah, basically looking to get. You know, stone workers, carpenters, all that good stuff, all yep. set up. So, like straight it, into the work of you know.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's basically he's like telling you like obviously there's people in the village who are like can do carpentry and can do like stone mm-hmm. work. Not so much the stone work, but there's a lot of people who can do like turn their hand to a bit of carpentry and a bit of masonry and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he's basically telling you like who the best people in the village would be to like help you with this and that sort of thing. Yeah. As, as you're as you're having this conversation, you see one of the. Um, one of the, the the few remaining guards of uh, New Zealand comes uh, comes walking towards you, and he says, uh, "He says, oh, uh, sorry, um, M- Mr. had uh, H- headsman. Heds- uh, uh, I'm so- sorry for disturbing you." Um, and it, you recognise it's like the guard who's like on the bridge. You passed him on the way mm-hmm. in. He says, uh, "We've just had um, we just had one of the uh, one of the people from um, one of the forts turn up with a." With this, and he holds out his uh, he holds out his hand towards you, mm-hmm. and so he's got a a note. Basically, yeah, it's like a. You see, it's actually like fairly fancy. It's like a. Uh, oh, is it a letter? It's, it's it's actually like a scroll with like some with, some with some wax on it and uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a little ribbon coming off it. You recognise the the insignia. Of the fortress, emblazoned mm-hmm. on it's got like a little like purple and black ribbon coming out of it, and he holds out this uh, this invitation towards you. Yeah, I'll take a knife and peel off the seal and just see what it says. Okay, no problems. So I'm gonna obviously I won't make you read it out, but I'm gonna i will drop it onto your character sheet so that you've got it for future reference. Yes. There we go. So you open this scroll. It's a folded letter sealed with wax bearing the imprint of Fort Eastburn. The letter reads as follows. To the Vanguard of the Immortals. In order to address the growing threat of opportunists from Rohalene that we will surely face once the darkness of winter has passed, I am inviting several concerned parties to meet up face-to-face at Staffstone Tower. Given your potential future stewardship of the as-yet-unnamed tower, now reassigned to be built within the bounds of New Zealand Village, it is our hope you will be able to attend. Please know that this is to be a meeting of minds, and any attempts at violence against any parties present will be looked upon with extreme disfavour. I have also made this clear to all parties in attendance. Yours, Lord Brannan, Full teaspoon. Right. Is that text also in the? Yeah, it's, in it the should button. be in the description sure. of the imitation staff stone. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. So looking for it in my inventory. Yep. So.
0: Yeah. I'll. I'll. Give the guard a nod and. He, he, he gives you a nod and he returns to his station on the bridge.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I'll pocket the letter. Yeah. And yeah, so we had a time frame for it, which we sort of concluded last time that we had time enough to deal with our business here to some extent.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm
2: hmm. Yeah, yeah so yeah basically uh, Weimar's interest would be to get all the work started that we've been talking about so like scope out the land mm-hmm. the two tower plots actually go there mark out the land measure it um, yeah start getting the lumber like it's just
0: construction a go go Okay, no problem. So you start putting that into place. Yep. And this is for the second tower, yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah, but uh, like we, we want to have it all measured out for both of them as well. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fine. So that when they turn up with their uh, materials, <laughs> presumably, um, we'll, we'll be able to say, like, oh, we're here, <laughs> like, we have a plot for you.
0: Okay, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, no problem see so obviously that's going to take a while but you yeah you crack on with doing that. So Quentin, is there anything else you're doing in the in the village while all this other stuff's going on?
2: Uh, I'm just staring at the
1: river mate just watching it ice over.
0: indeed and you notice as you sort of looked out southwards down the river out to sea you've started to see like the first sort of small like ice patches sort of forming and like bobbing up and down on the water. Okay, so we're going to cut to later on in the evening with you guys all effectively meeting up in the village after you've done your respective things. The The celebration at Brock and Land's Union is in full swing. The The villagers seem to have now they're really bought into it. They're like, oh, you know, like one last big feast before like the, the winter and the months of hardship. So they're all really like throwing themselves into it. You know, drinks are getting passed around. There's a couple of fires burning. There's a large fire that Brock and Lan have built. You know, they've got like a big spit with this like wolf like turning. There's like a young village lad like turning the spit with this wolf like rotating on it. People are just like coming up and like slicing off bits of meat and there's bread going around and moonshine and stuff like that. Like Qu- Quilax, like bust out like a little bit of tobacco and he's like he's like passed that a bit to the villagers and that like, people have stood around like smoking the pipes and there's a general mood of, like, merriment prevailing over the, the village. But there's also, like, a sort of slight hint of maybe, like, worry or melancholy. Because, like I said, this is, like, probably going to be the last time they have, like, cause to celebrate anything. Then it's going to be, like, months of hardship where, like, all the food's rationed and, like, they can't go anywhere and there's no good hunting. And they've really just got to, like, dig in and hope there's enough provisions for the winter. So, although everyone's, like, oh, yeah, great feast, you know, everyone's getting into it you can tell that they're sort of like it's that whole you know eat drink and be merry for like tomorrow we die sort of affair but obviously not to that extreme but they're like yeah this, this is great we're really enjoying it but like this is the last of the good times before like the winter comes in so there's an almost sort of like i suppose like desperate frenetic quality to to the celebrations like everyone's like doubly celebrating and going like really ott because they know this is the last chance they're going to get for like months and months at, at a certain point of the night you guys are sat around this big fire obviously lands like there as well because she's been like chatting to brock like during the day you guys are free to talk amongst yourselves as this celebrations going on around you obviously i'm not going to put in like big celebration noises because you won't be able to hear each of the talk but the air i mean you're actually having to like shout a little bit to make yourself heard over like the crackling of the fire you can hear like the sizzling of meat and like the fat dribbling and spitting into the fire there's people talking and like laughing a few people are a bit drunk and they're like shouting you can even hear like Quaylack like talking to some people as he's like puffing away on his pipe you suspect Quentin that he might have like slipped a bit of that like good stuff that you like gave him earlier into his pipe because he seems very merry and he's you know, as he as he's sort of like walking around, it to be honest, he looks a little bit spaced out. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. But he seems happy enough, you know. So you guys around the fire, feel free to talk and plan as you see fit.
4: Um, so I guess I would explain about the creature that I seen in Starfstone and the teeth and the blood and young set Theodora, who was attacked by a similar looking creature. Um, that seems to have taken an awful lot of his blood and left the same kind of deep needle teeth marks Um, and that now he has it seems a similar kind of teeth coming down in his own mouth Um, and I guess I'm wondering if Brock has any experience with creatures of this nature
1: because they seem to be snow creatures Uh. snow creatures are they, are they specifically snow creatures
4: no but they're local I would have told her there yeah, yeah yeah
1: okay I mean between um, like wrestling uh, and such I'll be sort of going back and forward between the drinking games and that and I'll be having like real snippets of conversation with the rest of the group and then going back into like uh, wrestles someone to the ground or arm wrestle or any sort of tomfoolery that goes on in these uh, celebrations um, so I mean have I got any memories of such descriptions of creatures in these parts or anywhere in the okay, so, frozen wastelands
0: so yeah like you say you're sort of like mingling and doing bits and pieces in between like this chat and in fact uh, one of the gods you sort of like wrestled previously in your like celebration, Clarence Jones sort of like sees you across the fire. And, you know, like originally he was like quite standoffish, but like, after you've had a bit of a tussle and you were like celebrating last time, he seemed to have like warmed up a little bit to you. And he sees you across the fire. He like, he pauses like midway through like lifting up like a, a drinking horn to like have a big swig of whatever moonshine he's got in there. And he, and he's like, he's like, Brock, Brock. And he like, sh- obviously he's on the other side of the fire and he's like shouting over it to you. And he's like, "He's yep. like, I trust you're going to do me the honour of a rematch later on, son." Uh,
1: and with that, I shall put down the drink I've got in, and I'm probably already sort of bare-chested. I'll start running towards him. Yeah, give him just it, enough time to get his drink down. It, 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 he like, he just like throws his
0: drink down, like chugs his throws off, and he's like, "Cut!" He says it with a smile on his face, which is obviously good nature. And he's like, "Come on, then, you ice I devil." And you and him have a bit of like a tuttle for a bit. And then like, you like, while you're doing that, you can make me a wisdom roll just see what, if anything, you know about these creatures. Oh,
1: don't hold your breath. On this you can room. use intelligence if you prefer. Oh, blimey. He's <laughs> okay. uh, on top, top form. So you
0: recall that sort of back in the day, there was supposed to be a... A group of your your tribe say witches, but your tribe like call everyone who's got magic like witches. Yeah, because obviously they they're not fond of that magic. They say oh, like there was there's this massive tribe of witches that like ruled over Valcona and and everyone was like oppressed under their like reign of like dark evil sorcery, and they they travelled far to the east into the great frozen ice flows to. For, for some, no doubt, ungodly, like, dark, arcane purpose. And when they returned, there were, like, only a few of them that returned. And after that, there were always some... Nothing concrete, but there were always odd rumours that, like, far to the east into, like, the frozen waste that, like, there were, like, strange creatures and, like, odd sort of things which should not be. And, obviously, your tribe were immediately, like... The wizards did it. Mm. They they caused it. There was none of this like bad monster vibe in the in the frozen waste. Yeah, yeah saber-toothed tigers, like animals that rip your face off. But like that's all like natural stuff. We're down with that. But after the wizards went to the east, there were all these strange rumors about these these creatures that, like, I say things that should not be. But it's all very vague because your people they, they don't even really like to talk about sort of evil sorcery to him which is like the mere act of like talking about sorcery could somehow like infect you with this like malign like sorcerer's evil
1: but there were um, needless rumours said about it was, yeah. there, was there any rumours of sort of blood loss or well obviously a lot of people don't really travel
0: to like the, the frozen waste to the east because there's, there's not a lot there basically but yeah. There, there were there were rumours that you know like people who went to the east like sometimes disappeared, or didn't come back, and it was always put down to like oh it's been like an evil place ever since these like evil like witches went there they did something, and like we we don't go there anymore because it's like they've made it into a, a bad evil place. But like occasionally like with, like with any sort of right, occasionally even amongst the ice walkers, you get like some like headstrong young like warrior who'd be like, oh, I ain't scared of like evil sorcery over to the east and they'd like they'd head over to like prove their manliness or whatever, normally when they were coming of age. And most of the time they'd they come back and they'd maybe like have a few injuries from animals and they'd have some pelts and a bit of a story to tell and that'd be the end of it. However, occasionally some people who went there were just like never seen again. Entirely possible they just died because of like the horrible weather conditions or natural predators, but obviously your tribe already been a bit superstitious about that area, we're like, oh, it's an evil place, like the evil of the place, like must have, like claimed them. Oh, that's why we shouldn't go there, and then they were used as like a cautionary tale to try and discourage other people from going there. N-
1: none that came back that then sort of went strange or died from sort of lasting wounds or anything like this. They, malcolm's disgust about this guy
0: there were people who died from injuries but they were mostly like animal injuries you not know, like someone had come back like, having been mauled by like a saber toothed tiger or like or, like yeah. a polar bear or something and they might like if their injuries got infected they might like die later on because see like yeah n- not a lot of the magic means not a lot of healing magic as well so occasionally some of them would die but like nothing that was like otherworldly about it it's just like oh yeah you ran into like a bear you got mauled by it you made it back but like your wound was infected or like you you were just like you'd lost too much blood or you were too far gone so nothing like overtly supernatural that you could like positively say yes but there's always these rumors but, yeah like, say your your people your people like oh this area is evil it's taboo we don't talk about it because if you talk about it too much like the evil of the place that these witches did might sort of seep into you and somehow like infect you even at a distance.
1: Okay. Well, I'll relay that as best as possible to Malcolm emphasizing that I think it's down to the the witches and and wizards of the past that went out to the East. Um, I've not, I've not come across anything like this myself, this, this, you know um bites with what seems to be blood draining or something strange but if if you want to go and investigate then you know i'm happy to join you as always
3: mm.
4: which is indeed i guess it's what to do about if this young man has grows these
1: teeth and it's taxed people in the village is that what you think was happening? Seems rather f- far fetched, but
4: yeah, he has the marks.
1: What about your sage, our, our sage? Do you think he may be able to shed any light on this situation?
4: Well, we pay him enough; it's certainly worth asking him. Um, and then I'd be like, you know, Quillac, come join us for a drink. And
0: he's like, um, he's like oh, don't mind if I do. And he, he you know, it's like, as he walks over Quentin, you look at his eyes a lot. Like, <laughs> and, and, and in fact, as he walks past you, he's like, like it gives you a bit of a wink, like a nudge with his arm. <laughs> and he like, he like, waves his pipe in your direction. I'll ask more like five minutes. Yeah, you you have like, you have like a drag on it and you're like, oh, this is like Old with like a little bit of something extra like sprinkled in it. You think based on your like quick toot, what he's probably done is probably some of like the Lotus that you gave him, he's probably like ground it down and then he's just put like a tiny little sprinkle, because obviously when you smoked it pure last time, you were like, oh yeah, we're on this mad light vision quest, whereas this time you just feel a bit buzzed. So he's obviously yeah. just put like a tiny little amount in his pipe because obviously he's, he's celebrating like anyone else. And he, he sort of like, takes the pipe back off you and he, he sits down on the uh, the log. you uh, are all sat around this fire and he's like, ah, good celebration, by the way, Brock. Very, yeah, I'll very give much.
1: him a hearty slap on the back,
0: knocking off <laughs> the <floor." laughs> Yeah, he like stumbles forward a bit and then like, writes himself and like puts his hat on. And he's like, he's like, oh, uh, yes, uh, i yes, I, congratulations are in order, uh, I've got to say, I I don't know a great deal about uh, how your particular tribe does it. Um, and then he sort of he you see him, he's like patting he patting down his coat. And you can inside his coat. There's like loads of like pockets uh, sewn on the inside. And he's like, um, well, I, I don't have anything suitable. I mean, now, but amongst my tribe, um, it's traditional to give a gift to um, yourselves in a situation such as this. Uh, now, I'm sure I can find you something in um in my hut. Uh, but, um, yes, if if I forget in the morning, remind me. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't want to uh, not give the two of you a, a gift on such, such a joyous occasion. R- yeah, r- remind uh, me in the morning when I've um, had a chance to sleep off the celebration.
1: Yeah, I'll nod and I appreciate the offer. And uh, I'll say, uh, Malcolm wants to have a word and I'll dash off to give... Another guard, and arm wrestle somewhere. Okay,
0: yeah, you dash off to like, arm wrestle some of the guards. Quaylak like, turns towards the retro, and he's like, Oh, well, well, what can I do for you? Um, we have an interesting story for you. Oh. Um,
4: of an interesting creature that I have seen. Uh, and I'm wondering if you have heard of such a creature or know of creatures like this that. Drink blood and that have these kind of
0: sharp needle teeth. Um, so well, there's there's many creatures that drink blood. Uh, several species of bats. Uh, some of the some of the, the bears of the frozen north. Uh, uh, this creature looks more like a human. Oh, um, looks like a
4: person, a pale person, frostbitten. Looks like a frostbitten. Oh, wow yeah.
0: huh well uh, he says let me uh let me think he says well uh, I, I don't know that I've got anything um concrete for you um, but i've uh, I, I'm sure as you know um my people are my people are somewhat superstitious uh, obviously i I've heard I've heard of the well and suddenly means said amongst what well, amongst my tribe um, there was a there's a legend of a, of a a man who travelled to the east and uh, di- didn't seeking to prove himself didn't take enough provisions or wasn't sufficiently shielded against the elements and uh, when he was at his uh, when he was his wits end and he was he was lying there dying in the snow, uh, as he lay there dying, an evil winter spirit entered his body and when he returned back to his tribe he was he was not the same man he once was and he he had strange appetites that he the, the spirit within him required to to nourish itself and so there were certain chases his hands grew like long and like claws and he was said to have he was said to have teeth like tiny daggers
4: Hmm. And do you know if there is any way to drive the spirit out of the body?
0: He says, "Well, I, I, I believe, but well, the legend goes that uh that this person um killed several members of his tribe, driven, driven mad by the the possession of this this evil spirit, and when they caught him, that see, you know, my people are not um, are not inclined to the arcane." Um, Many, they would they, they had gathered and they had cornered him. They, they bound him and they, they attempted that their shaman attempted to cast the spirit out of him, but all to no avail. And in the end, all they could do was to, uh, was to release the the poor fellow from this life. And they they burned his body and they scattered his ashes to the four winds.
4: Is
0: that the last of? they heard from him i I believe so Mm. the legend certainly doesn't say any more after that Uh, okay now as i say that's only a a legend from my tribe how true it is i i don't know you know it's one of these sort of legends where like no one claims to have directly been involved in it it's always uh oh i heard from someone in another tribe Uh, whose brother was there and saw it, you know, that sort of thing you know how unreliable these things can be
4: I do, I do indeed Um, how long is it since the Senate are gone?
0: a long long time okay Um,
4: so when Crelac and Brock are off doing what Quillac and Brock are doing I'll uh, tap Weimar on the knee as we're inclined to do and ask Mm -hmm. him does his friend know anything about these creatures Um, might they possibly go back that far
2: well I um, I suppose I'll I'll put a hand on the hilt and uh think at the sword (laughs) and um basically like i'll i'll condense some of the sort of attributes that we we've been talking about here that i've listened to basically while drinking and um i'll just mention is, is this something that sounds familiar from from your day yeah back back all that time
0: Okay, as you, as you grab hold of the hilt of the sun sword, but before you even have like a chance to like mm. think that, yeah, at, actually project it, yeah. It, it's it's very strange. Do you remember like back in back in the old days when you to mm-hmm. like multiple like, landlines, land phone lines in a house, and like if someone was using the other phone, yeah. you'd like pick it yeah. up and you'd hear the conversation going on. As you grab hold of the hilt, yeah, like, the sword's actually like already talking to someone, and it's like mm-hmm. you've just picked up the phone and you're listening to the conversation, and you oh. you hear. very faintly, like you're listening to it at the other end of a phone line, you hear like another voice say I see he didn't make it again and then you hear the Sunsword say well he's in a a different place but we're, we're both diminished by his absence yes I I can feel the presence of your hand you've grown close well I as it was meant to be, did you even attempt to bond with your hand or did you just overrun them? Look, he was dying. I offered life. It's not my fault if he bargained poorly. Anyway, what of yours? Do you intend to try and mould him into one of your champions? Well, possibly. When the time's right, I'll I'll set the opportunity before him and he'll choose his own course, as it should be. Oh, how very noble of you. But tell me, have you told him the entire truth about the three of us? Well, not yet. I mean, I'm I'm sure he suspects he's an intelligent fellow. I'll tell him when the time is right. And I suppose, of course, you decide when that time is. We're not so different, you and I. I'm simply more honest. Well, there's, there's no honesty in you, but when the three of us are reunited, things will be different. So you say, but since it's unlikely to happen, I will just continue to carve out a place for myself in this dreary, dreary world. Well, until we meet again, farewell. And then that conversation cuts off.
2: I'll take my hand off. I'll I'll put it (laughs) back down again. Okay. So... These monsters, and I'll list like the top five things that I think are important from our discussions here. Yes, um, like some some attributes, like the um, the sort of physicality, like what we know about their victims. So, is this something familiar to you from your day?
0: He says, "Well, there are uh, there are certain types of uh, the restless dead that can." Pass on their cursed condition to uh, to other people. I, I although I wasn't directly involved, I I believe that around the time the the Sena brought the brought the great winter to this world, they they travelled far to the east, and uh, from what I heard from members of the, the solar order at the time, apparently uh, a number of their people were influenced, infected, uh, affected by something they found there and they were they were sealed in the ice along with whatever they found and um, according to what I heard from the Order about, and this is going back years, the uh, only a small number of the, the Senna returned from their mission to the east but then of course the whatever working they did to summon the Great Frost must have been successful because Wow. We have witnessed the frost In- indeed <laughs> quite
2: mm. right well i'll I'll share my little snippets <laughs> here with Malcolm it's like I, I think we'll we'll probably have to wouldn't it be wonderful if we could actually find one of these aside from you know, she she of the green in the cave um, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be wonderful if we could find like someone who was there and, and talk about, because now we are reliant on going to places and digging up old remnants of things um, <clears throat> and then bring them to the sage to decipher them because this is knowledge that we should probably have, if this is something that can pass on, as my friend has indicated. This is a problem for the long term, I think. Okay. Yes.
0: Okay, as this conversation is going on, Quentin, you've been sort of wandering around a bit, you know, mingling in the celebrations and whatever. And you, you're you passing by one of these, like I said, that long shared wooden buildings that like the villagers live in, because obviously there's not enough materials for everyone to have their own home, so they have these big, like, long houses. Um, you're wandering past all, and from inside, you hear this like. Does ah, ah, no, ah, no. it sound suspicious? I'll head towards the door and. Yep, you. Slowly open it. You head in, and you can see it's the same building that Malcolm went into earlier. You can see the, the sort of curtain, the rough curtain has been like pulled back. And you can see this this pale sort of like white figure with bandage across him he's he's sat bolt upright in this bed he's like he's like looking around he looks absolutely like scared out of his wits and there's this young woman with him and she's like oh be be, be calm seth because it's just a nightmare there's 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 no need to panic You're, you're safe we're taking care of you you're in the village and he's like he's like oh 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 sally oh Thank, thank goodness, I had that, I had that horrible dream about that, that place again. And you can see, like he's, like, there's a cold sweat sort of like beaded on his, his pallid, slightly drawn face. She's like, Cal- calm down. It's, it's just a nightmare. You're fine. You're in the village. There's, there's nothing to be scared of. Look, just rest. And she's like, basically trying to slowly like, push, push him back. Down the bed Look, you need to rest. You need to, you need to conserve your strength to get well again, So... And he's like, he's like slowly relaxing, but occasionally he like keeps like looking around, and he look, he looks almost terrified out of his wits. They don't even notice that you're like standing in the doorway, and he, he barely seems to know where he is, and she's like focused entirely on him. I'll, I'll slowly back out of there. Yep. Yep. You slowly back out.
1: I'll look for one of the party, whoever's closest to me.
0: Yeah, you you wander back over to the fire, uh, Brock's like arm wrestling one of the guards. So uh, there's a lot of laughter and merriment. as that like, people are stood around and they're like, egging on, you know, like their, their favourite person to like win. But it's all in like good natured fun. Um, you see Weimar and Malcolm are sort of sat there chatting to each other. quelex like wandered off and he's like talking to some people. <clears throat>
1: I'll tap Weimar on the shoulder. Hmm? Um There's a guy having some serious nightmares about going to a place.
2: I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't look right. He's pale as... Oh. Well, becoming. coming Do snow. you think he's sick, I'll sort of put down whatever we're drinking and...
4: It
0: up then. Obviously, you hear yeah. this as well, Malcolm, because you're sort of there as Quentin comes up. So I'll join as well. Yep you <laughs> you you wander back over to this uh, this building. You see it very much as I described. Although the uh, the, the young man Seth he's still awake, but he's like he's now like lying back on the bed. He's got like a rough hewn blanket pulled up tight around himself. He's shivering a little, like cold sweat. He looks terrified. You can see the. You see Sally is still sort of like over him, and she's she's talking to him softly, trying to keep him calm, trying to get him to relax. You know, saying he needs to keep his strength. She's like trying to get him to eat like a little bit of broth, but and he, he eats a little bit of it. But he's obviously like. He he's very vaguely knows where he is, but he looks absolutely terrified. As as we get there, I'll
2: again, lay your hand on the hill, and <laughs> is, is this something other than just sickness?
0: Do you know? You hear the, the slightly more grave than normal sound The some sort, say. I'm definitely sensing a growing evil in this young man. It's as though something, some sort of I suppose you might say like a, a spiritual parasite, I suppose would be the most accurate, has latched onto him and as he gets weaker, it's getting stronger. I fear that he is not long for this world. And when he is no more, it will then have control of him.
2: I'll take the, the belt off and I'll take the scabbard, the sword. I'll pull the sword a little bit so that there's a little bit of the blade. I'll just like gently yeah, touch it on whatever. You should do that. Like, there's a little beam of light. <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, it's not like, not the full light.
0: Uh, it's just a, yeah, uh, it's, it's not the whole choir. It's just the the one, yeah, uh, sort of chorister yeah. just sort of comes out, <laughs> and a bit of the the light plays over young Seth, who's like lying mm-hmm. on this bed, and he doesn't like burst into flames or anything ridiculous mm-hmm. like that. But he looks like noticeably uncomfortable when the light touches him. I'll lower it down slowly,
2: and then then we wait for the the smooch there we go and uh, uh yeah i'll, I'll lower it's, it down it's, not, it's not just brock celebrating you know man yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um i'll i'll touch the sort of naked part of the plate somewhere like if if there's like a you know a toe or something i'll just like gently tap it with the
0: with the blade you you tap it and he sort of like pulls his foot away as though it's like in discomfort and mm-hmm. as he does, you can see there's like a mark on the toe where the sword touched. Mm. It's not like a burn mark; it looks almost like a bruise. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I'll I'll put the belt back on and I'll like very gravely shake my head at everyone in in, in the space here. I, I <clears throat> he's um he's in a real bad way and he will be worse.
0: And then we will have to deal with him. Obviously, as you say that, like, the young woman right, looks like, obviously worried as you're like, mm-hmm. we're going to have to deal with him with mm-hmm. the sword she, she sort of lo- looks imploringly towards you, Malcolm, and she's like w- w- what, do you, what do you mean?
4: he has been infected with an evil spirit and I will show her where his teeth are starting to come down yeah
0: mm-hmm. and as you like peel back his his lips again you can actually see that where these like nodules are it's almost like now like the very sort of like pointy bit of the teeth has actually started to come out of like a second set of teeth is like growing in front of his normal teeth almost like shark style she, she looks at it she she, she doesn't like she mm-hmm. knows what i say she's like just aghast and like shocked obviously she's never seen anything like this before in her life and she, she was feeling like relief like earlier on in the day because she was like, don't worry, we'll sort this out; it'll be fine. And then you've all like rocked up and like the man with the sword's <laughs> sort of, like, we're gonna have to deal with this sucker. <laughs> and and now she's like, she's she's gone from the highs of like, oh, it'll be all right; these adventurers are gonna save him. To, like, oh my god, they're gonna chop his head off. And she she just like doesn't doesn't really know what to say, but she's like looking at you. You can feel like you see like this pleading note in her eyes, and she's like looking at you, hoping that something can be done to like save this this young man. So
2: I'll. Is, is Brock here? Brock is doing his his business, right? Brock,
0: like, Brock would you would you like to be here? Cause if you if you do, you can quietly wander in. It's fun.
1: It depends how much sort of disturbance there is. If it's down on the on the sort of low, if, if everyone's keeping on the low side, yeah. I probably wouldn't have picked up on it unless you come looking for me. To be honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I'll i motion for um for a closer word with. Quentin and Malcolm, is, are there any priests or any of the like of any color in uh, whether it's Leander, whether it's you know
4: the judge? What, Haven, does a prof friar in Haven? No relatively junior didn't seem to have many skills. Um
2: I don't think this one's long for the world. No.
4: And I wonder does this creature that took him get stronger if he
2: has fades as, away or yeah, if he I, was to I, end abruptly
4: I think it's a it's
2: a tick situation. Okay. Hmm.
4: So I guess I'll take Sally aside and just explain um, that he is beyond saving, and um, he is turning into one of these creatures.
0: She's like, sure, surely not. I mean, he's he's. Yeah, I know he's injured. He's a he's a little sick, but. But you've
4: seen the teeth. The teeth. He will use the teeth to bite someone else. And he'll, then he'll that, that person will get sick, and then that person will get better with the teeth. And then they will both bite someone else. And before you know it, the village will be full of these evil creatures.
0: Oh, I, I know Seth, Seth's a good man. I, I know he wouldn't want to harm anyone else. I certainly know he wouldn't want anyone else to get sick.
4: Um,
0: so. At which point you actually hear the sort of slightly sort of groggy, like sort of sickly sounding voice of Seth, who's was sort of lying back on the bed, and he's like, ah, I, I saw it. He barely even seems to know where he is. He's like, ah, I saw it again. Sally, when, when I was asleep, the, the, the white city in the snow, I, I saw it again. It was calling to me.
2: Um, <clears throat> Sally, what else has he said about the city?
0: Um, he, well, he said he, the, 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 the first night when he had the nightmare, he said he, he, he saw this, this large white city, partly, partly buried under, under snow and ice. And then, every time he's had the nightmare, since he said the city seems to be like pulling him towards it. Until, in a, a day ago, when he woke, up, he said he'd, he'd, he'd almost walked through the city. But he said it was like his feet were, were moving without him controlling them. And he said he, uh, he said he, he, he mentioned he saw a. He saw a, a frozen figure, s- sat, and she she looks like a little bit disturbed as she's telling you. He says, he said he saw a, well, he he described it. He said he, he said he saw a, a red king sat on a sat on a skull throne, and he said that the last time he had the first time he, had, he said he was sat there frozen, and then the, the last time he he said that the figure seemed to be like stirring slightly, and he felt as though it was it was the figure that was calling to him.
2: Malcolm, you have you have a better memory for this, I think, than I do. Is, is, does this match anything we know? I don't. It doesn't sound familiar. No,
4: I don't think so, and we don't know enough about the smoking mirror, which is the the evil that was frozen.
2: Yeah, and not nothing about the. We uh, we know that some of these. Like, I think. At least I think it's very likely that some of these Senna and their contemporaries might be around very well, might be around. And you know, who's to say they haven't set themselves up as the Red King? Yes, on the glacier or something. But anyway, if we don't,
0: like that's just speculation. But I, I, I will, at the cost, we've got time between the sessions mm. at, at this point. I will interject to remind you. Malcolm that you have a a book that you recovered called in your inventory called the king of blood book
2: uh, that's probably not it i don't, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't I don't think <laughs>
0: Hopefully, if I click on this, you guys may be able to see that. Hopefully, that'll pop up on the screen so you can all see it. Yep, that was recovered from the uh, the monastery. Is that the monastery where we found
4: the? Wyvern or a different monastery? Yeah. And did we also find the poison and uh, restorative potion in the same monastery? I believe so. King of
1: Blood. So, it's probably for everybody's best interest, if he um, died before his time.
4: So I guess I'll bring Sally outside and try and calm her
0: down. And um Okay, at this point, normally I wouldn't ask for a roll for this, but given everything that's going on, obviously she's gonna be very difficult to calm down, so I'm gonna ask you to make a charisma roll. Oh that was so close, but no. Okay, however, it's not like a massive failure. So you've managed to calm her down a little, but she is still, she's still obviously very worried, especially given what you guys have been saying. But you managed to to stop her like freaking out entirely. Obviously she's still like, like I say, because she's run herself ragged, she's running on adrenaline. And now you guys are like, oh, I'm afraid he's turning into something, we're going to have to deal with him. So like, she's not calm, calm, but she's not like in hysterics. But you think like, you think she's basically like had all she can take at the moment. Like anything else might like tip her over the edge.
1: Is there enough uh, noise to attract Brock's attention at this point? Do you think?
0: I think at this point, given that like Malcolm's outside talking with this woman, you've probably noticed that, and you can see how distressed she is, Brock. So you don't know what's going on in the hut, but you can certainly see Malcolm like outside trying to calm down this very distraught-looking woman.
1: Yeah, i'm going to take a a brief pause from the party and just see what's going on and obviously just get a quick catch up and see if there's anything i can suggest or help in the situation um so I'll, I'll get the rundown obviously you don't need to repeat it um i was going to say with things like this, I mean, it must be magic somehow involved. Can we not just cut off the head of the snake? Will that not resolve the issue? And maybe
2: I, I think what we're doing right now is seeing if there's any other way to solve the issue.
1: But will that not remove the curse of this poor fellow if we killed the, the person who put the curse on us?
2: Oh, uh, I, I wouldn't know. Wow. Which is why it would be very helpful to have someone with expertise on the matter. But we don't. So. As,
0: as you're saying that, why more? you actually hear like a... <clears throat> coming from like near your hip.
2: Oh, I think... I, I don't know if it's my connection or yours, John, but
0: I think I lost the sort of latter half of that sentence. Okay, so as you're talking... You actually yeah. hear like this, like in your head, this like <clears throat> coming from near your hip. So I'll do a quick, you know, check
2: around the room <laughs> to see if there's anyone there or if it's my friend. Yeah, it's the sword. Yeah. I'll think at the sword. Yeah. Do you have
0: something to contribute? The, the sword says, uh, well, technically, uh your friend is correct if you can if you can slay the creature that has infected him before he enters the final stages, then assuming his body can survive the changes it's already gone through, it may be possible to save him but given the look of the poor fellow, I'd say he's got a day two tops.
2: Any way to track these things down
0: well uh, they given that they are of human like a human-like body they they would presumably only uh, travel at the same speed as a human if he was if he was attacked by this creature a day or two ago, then it shouldn't have got too far, but as for where it's actually gone uh, it, it would leave tracks like anything else. Yeah.
2: Presumably human.
0: I, I would assume so.
2: Hmm. I'll um, I'll turn to uh, the the group here. So uh, that's something that is is worthwhile to investigate. I think. Uh, basically, we have two options here. um we, I wouldn't count on the, the young, uh, spiritualists that Malcolm, you, you referenced earlier. So, uh, I would say two options. Either we deal with this here. I deal with this here or we head to where this happened. Malcolm Brock will look for tracks. There are going to be human tracks, boot prints, such as anyone else, and we make a wild shot in the dark of finding the, um, I suppose, the the previous link in this chain.
4: Well, let us do that and have the guards tie young know, set up so that if he does, if mm. the evil does come true, he, uh, doesn't harm anyone else.
1: Well, why don't we take him on the with us on the wagon? And if we have to deal with him, at least we'll be out of town and less distressful.
2: Is the place we're going to um, wagon friendly?
0: The uh, the chapel. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can get there with your wagon. I mean, it'll take a bit longer because yeah. you have to go around the trees and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. yeah
1: or just a single horse or something maybe let's bring the wagon for comfort I think it'll be less distressing for this lady Hmm. and the rest of the village if we do have to do the unthinkable
3: Hmm.
4: so I will go back out to Sally assuming she's still outside I'd say that we think we have a plan to find the creature and we will bring Set with us to try and save him from this evil. Maybe another charisma room. Right? <laughs> uh,
0: that is a success. Okay, she, she looks a little bit hesitant and a little bit worried. You notice she sort of casts like a sort of slightly rueful glance in like Weimar's direction. And, uh, but she's like, Well, if if you're sure it's the only way, I'm like, Say, I know he wouldn't want to hurt anyone else. Yes, and at least then if
4: he does turn, it's far away from the village and he can't harm
0: any of the children. You can tell she's like suppressing tears, but she, and she starts to speak, but a voice sort of tails off as she's like trying to hold it all back, and she's like, Okay, if you think that's for the best.
4: Yes, keep your faith. The judge will see your young man restrained.
0: I, I, I hope so, I hope so. And, uh, whatever happens, um faith, and again, you your hand. Thank you for, for, for all you've tried to do for him.
4: You are very well. And then I guess... We wait. We have to wait till morning if you want to go hunting, do we? Or tracking? Is it late at night? Is it?
0: it, it it's it's evening now, so yeah, it's fairly late at night. Uh, you could try tracking in the dark, but obviously, it's a lot easier during the day.
4: Yeah. Plus, it's easier when you're not half cut away, office.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Although to be fair, like Brock's massive, so like he, he can he can handle himself. Like, don't get me wrong. If like if like a sp- from what we consider in modern times like a normal sized person a drunk what Brock had done yeah they, they wouldn't be going anywhere but Brock's like six foot plus tall a bit, 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 bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime so like he's probably alright but yeah like you say it will be easier in the day
4: okay so then let us go back to our celebrations and we can set out a first light
0: okay so What we'll do is, the rest of the night passes fairly uneventfully, you guys all get a chance to rest, so if you down hit points you can cover d3 hit points. Okay. And what I'm going to suggest we do is we pause here, we have like a 10-minute comfort break, use the facilities, refresh your drinks, etc. And then when we come back, we'll jump straight into the next morning, you guys setting out from the village. Does that sound okay for everybody? Yeah, perfect. Okay, lovely. We'll have a 10-minute oh. break then. Back in time. Oh, no. On. Yes, ma'am.
1: I was thinking Rising Embers, the tribe.
0: Oh, nice. I like that.
1: As a sort of new beginning type. Starting a fresh tribe sort of name.
0: Nice. I'll write that down. Rising Embers.
1: I wasn't sure Phoenix would be a- sort of thing so I went with members nice I like it and you're right if I ask the guys about potentially moving the the Friday around if if yeah, people yeah. are up for it yeah, yeah it don't have to be you know next week or anything but
0: no no that's fine you're right it, to um because I said when we do like the wrap up at the end, obviously, yeah, but yeah. best time to ask.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's going to affect you potentially having to do two weeks in a row or something again.
0: Well, like I say, uh, it, it doesn't make any odds for me. It's it's fine. So, yeah.
1: All right, that's cool. Cheers.
0: That's all good.
1: Man. How did you get on last night? I know you sort of briefly mentioned.
0: Oh yeah, analysis game yeah yeah it was all good Um, because of like stuff we'd done in earlier games and like the way the sort of system works with like XP we had like a fair amount of like, sort of, I suppose, like bookkeeping to do at the start and we ended up starting late for like various reasons anyway so like yeah, Johannes was trying to like condense a lot down into like a short space of time and like I say it, it just happened that because like what we were doing at the time like my sort of dwarf character didn't really do a lot in the nah. in the session because we we're basically just like getting ready to like set off on a journey pretty much um so we ain't got time to do the whole like journey um so i didn't really get to do much because i'm like i'm like well i've got all my kit on me already i'm good so it was, it was mostly the two characters but i was like to be honest i did loads of session before we're travelling to like one of like the lost like dwarven like fortresses. So I'm not like, I'm gonna get to do loads there. I'm like and that's just sometimes the way it shakes out, man, you know. Sometimes
1: you get new yeah. loads, sometimes you don't. But I still enjoyed it, it was good fun. Yeah, listening. I watched one of the sessions the other week. Oh good. I can't, I can't remember which one it was, to be honest. It was one of the early ones. Yeah. Um there's a different player in that one in there. Um
0: yeah. yeah, there's um there's me, Matthew, and um John Drury playing in it.
1: John, is it? Ah uh, Cause I know you've spoken about Matthew before. Yeah. He, it was actually, it was the session where he had another one of his legendary bad rolls. Uh, I don't know what it was, but he, he rolled three dice and come up with like, no, 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 he rolled some ridiculously buffed up roll, like six or eight dice. And he got like no successes or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know what it was about i can't remember now because that
0: burning wheels like a dice pool system you know sometimes Mm. it just happens like you've got like you've got like all the dice in the world but like basically like if you get a four five or six on a d6 it's like a success so sometimes you just roll it and it's just nothing but like ones twos and threes and i think it it,
1: i think it was something like you have five or six ones just to make it even worse yeah (laughs) just to sort of rub it in
0: but i mean sometimes it it. it goes the other way like in the the session before last. My my dwarven character, I've got this power where basically I can throw these like dwarven rune stones, and you can like foretell the like the fate or the destiny of like somebody. And I, I did it on one of the NPCs, and I got like fucking ten successes on like the roll. And I was like, Shazam! I like know everything about your destiny. Like this is what's going to happen. You're going to become a king one day, and all of this. And like the last session, Matthew's like summoned a character, summoned up like a a restless spirit and he was just like boom just like smashed the roll. so he was just like all right the spirit appears it like tells you its name it's basically like what would you like me to do like what, mm. what do you want to know so it, it's very much sort of swings and roundabouts like Sometimes sometimes just yeah. like ace the test and then other times you can have all the dice in the world but it doesn't matter
1: yeah yeah but
0: the one of the things i like about the um, the system is when you make a role that involves some sort of risk whether you succeed or fail you effectively get like a little check mark against that skill and when you get so many check marks like the skill goes up so even if you're failing you're still like improving by doing
1: yeah i heard that and was it that the more difficult the attempt the bigger the sort of tick you get or something yeah but basically there's
0: like this there's sort of three types of test there's a routine difficult and i can't remember what the third one's called but it's like a higher one and um each of your skills next to it is like right you need to do so many routine checks so many difficult checks and so many of like the third category and once you fill that up your skill goes up to the next level
1: right and is that just like an extra dice at that point sort of thing yeah
0: basically and um basically if you've got like a really high skill to start with like doing a routine test doesn't get you anything because that's just like easy stuff you can throw out without thinking about As your skill goes up, you really need to be like making those difficult, like life or death sort of roles to get your skill up any further. Whereas when you first start and you've like, because the way it works in Burning Wheel, if you want to try a skill that you've not got, like the difficulty is doubled effectively, but okay, you then get to put that skill as like, oh, this is a skill in training, and you just have to make, I think it's like 10 tests of any level with that skill. And once you sort of get those 10 tests, You've got like your first dot in the skill. You're like, on the ladder, and then you can start working it up. Mm-hmm. It's like my dwarf. I've got like a skill in training of like using fire bombs because like, I used like a fire bomb once, and I was like, oh, I haven't got the skill, but because I've done it once, I've got it in training. But like, because we've not had access to that sort of ordinance again, I've not really been able to up it. But yeah. it, it's a cool system.
3: Hmm. Yeah, it, it, it sounded. It, it
0: can be quite involved, but it's it's good fun. Hmm. again it's another game where it like rewards like your system mastery because you have like um, you have almost like aspects in fate where like basically if you if you do certain things or they disadvantage disadvantaged you get like fate points and m- most of mine are geared so like if like the rest of the party gets in trouble and I help them in that trouble I get like my fate points so for me it's like even if we get into like shenanigans as long as I'm like helping to get the party out of it like move things along I'm always like Getting something back from
1: it. Right, that's cool Was you um? Was you thinking of going to Dragon Meet this year?
0: I, I don't know whether I will this year. I'm, no, I'm still yeah. Yeah, I wasn't
1: more... yeah, sure you would, but I was before I'd ask because yeah. it was mentioned the other day.
0: Yeah, I, I probably won't this year. Um I mean I I've not really gone to like any of the cons this year. I oh, know. I think probably like next year I'll if things are still like good then I'll maybe start like going back to some again.
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: What man? I wouldn't mind a bit of that and winter weather at the minute, man. It's boiling. I
1: thought it was a bit better today.
0: I mean, granted, to be honest, the the room I'm in now is like the warmest room in the house. Alright, um, Yeah. I, I'm actually slightly glad that like for like my new work PC, it's downstairs because like I can have like, that big like bay like door open, and it's nice and cool down there. But like this is the only room where like, I could fit all my books and like set up a computer and whatever. So.
1: So when you say new work PC, is it? An old rubbish. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like it? a new. It's
0: not like a new, new computer. It's like whatever cheap shit they're they me right, off. All
1: right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the the, the the
0: speed on it's like atrocious. I mean, it may as well be wind up to be honest. But you know, but I'm like, I didn't have to pay for it. If it's slow, I'm just like, what do you want me to do? It's the computer you gave me.
1: So and that's cool. Why am I, or, uh, Johanna said he's back.
2: yep is it is it one of those diesel powered
0: computers, John? yeah, pretty much uh, you know you have to not like, pour the petrol into it, but um, right okay, so let's get cracking so on the the next morning, you guys all Head out, sort of striking off roughly in a northeasterly direction. Following the directions you've got from Sally, about where this guy, uh, Seth, was uh, attacked by this creature. And you start, in the sort of early morning light of day, you start poking around, looking for human tracks, basically. So would you guys, who've got the relevant skills, like to make your tracking rolls? okay so whose role is that that's just popped up
1: uh that one's mine
0: yeah mine's Um, more
1: foraging and hunting so it's not really tracking so malcolm's your man
0: okay no problem so you you start looking around the area and it takes you a little bit of time obviously there's been snowfall since then etc but you have got the the morning light you're being quite thorough about it and as you look around, you do eventually find what appears to be a set of tracks. They appear human, obviously barefooted in the snow that appears to sort of like be leading further into the, the forest.
4: Okay, so I guess we will start off kind of slowly and a little bit stealthily.
2: Okay. I
4: guess stealthily, but at a little bit of pace because we're trying to catch up following the
1: tracks okay you you can't tell the age of the tracks really can you not really how much snow's fallen or whatever
0: okay so what I'm going to do is I'm going to move you guys onto a different map obviously wait for that to load let me all know when you can see it yep yep
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Harp, did you heal during the night?
4: When... I did. Yeah. It just wasn't enough. Oh, yeah. The 10 <laughs> nights. In a really bad way. Yeah, yeah. The 10 nights that we've been traveling, none of it has been enough.
1: It was that big fish.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. So, yeah.
0: as you guys are sort of moving through this snow covered forest, following these tracks, Eventually, you spy a, a shape, up ahead. It looks to be a horse, of some kind, presumably dead, because it's lying like partially buried in the snow. And you can see there's like, a very small like sort of spattering of like blood around it. You can see like obvious wounds, on the horse. Obviously, all of your tokens are on the map. We're not we're not in like combat rounds or anything like that.
4: So I would like to slowly approach the horse and look for tracks around the horse to try and work out what might have attacked us.
0: Okay, no problems, and obviously you guys can all feel free to move yourselves, like I said, we're not in combat rounds, I'll let you know if that changes. Okay, so as you move up to the to the horse, you've got on your left, you've got Weimar and sort of Bullseye moving up to that flanky on the right. you Quentin moving up, Brock's like just behind you, obviously like ready to go. You move up to the horse, you can see it's covered in a number of bite marks that look very similar to the one you saw previously. And there is this little smattering of like blood on the snow near the, the dead body of the horse. But like I say nothing like the amount of blood you'd expect to see from the grievous wounds that are on this, uh, this unfortunately deceased animal. But as you sort of look around, you can indeed see that there's a few sort of like little speckles and drops of blood that seem to lead off into a nearby copse of trees. Uh,
4: does it look like a wild horse or is it like a pack horse or is there any kind of saddler? It, on it does or? look like a wild horse. A wild horse, okay. Um, so I guess I kind of want to follow the
0: blood until it runs out okay yep so i'm going to move you to where the blood runs out so you pass under some large trees and you get to the point where you are on the uh the map and the blood trail appears to so just stop abruptly
1: just to, just as they're walking ahead john can i try and ascertain how long this you know with my hunting skills and that how long this Animal's been dead. I mean, it's not warm still or anything. No. You,
0: you think it's been? I'm not going to ask to make a roll because you you would be able to work this out that easily. You think it's been like killed like in the last day, right? So so it's it's recent, but like say it's not like warm, like it's just happened. Right. Okay. That's cool. Um. So I guess as soon as the blood runs out, I want to look up to see if this creature is in the trees ready to pounce. Okay. So you move under the trees, you start looking up. As you're doing that, Brock, you've just finished your examination of the horse. And when you look at it, there's something like you. You can't. Something wrong with the horse. You can't quite put your finger on it. And then you realize what it is. Like, this horse looks like really old. Like, it's, it's dead anyway, but it looks like old, old. Like, as in. It was almost ready to keel over and die of old age, almost like something's like drained the life out of it.
1: Um, I should mention that to the group as I, I sort of catch up with them. It seems to be sort of prematurely aged, this horse. If that helps you to uh identify this foul creature, okay.
0: And as he says that, you look up, Malcolm. And you see this dark humanoid shape looks like clinging to the branches. And as you look up, you see these dull red eyes look down and meet your gaze. Then it lets out this piercing like (coughs) and just like drops like directly down on you out of the trees. Obviously because you have the foresight to look up, you're not surprised. There's no like mad surprise round or anything like that. So let me just uh, make this. That has
4: to be to my advantage
1: go. Okay. I think you found it.
0: <laughs> so, so effectively, what that means is we're, we're into like normal initiative, rather than like it getting to have like a free like surprise attack round before you guys did anything. So if you guys want to pick one of your number to to make your initiative roll, it can be anyone. Just a normal d6 roll.
4: I'll do it because I'm there.
0: Yeah, a bit of that. five okay now make a roll for the creature okay yep yeah, so you're getting to go first so basically as it drops down you sort of like throw yourself backwards a few steps and it lands on all fours and sort of like looks up at you again with this hiss and you can all see it it's this emaciated pallid, like half naked, like frostbitten looking humanoid form with these razor sharp teeth. You can see that blood splashed all around it's like torso. And it's its hands, like it's almost like the bones have like sharpened and grown out of the ends of the of its uh, fingers. As it falls down you can see that like clutched in its one of its claws, or like one of like the branches, it's obviously like ragged off as it's dropped down. And as you watch, the branch that it's holding literally like withers, ages, and like crumbles to dust and just drops out of its claw. Okay. Um. Over I mean to you guys. Obviously, you guys can go in any order you want. Uh. So I guess I'll go first because I'm closest. If
4: no one objects, um, <clears throat> uh, so I'm going to say, as I I guess I have my sword out because I was expecting this. Um, the it's time for you to meet the judge, and then I will swing my uh, lance or my sword of respect. And
0: oh, that is. Fourteen for six points. Okay, so you swing the sword of respect at this creature, and as you do, it lets out a gurgling laugh, and it literally like catches the blade in one of its hands. That just like moves like lightning quick and catches the blade, and it sort of like pulls you a little bit closer to it. And in this like gurgled, sort of strangulated voice, it's like. Your judge has no hold over me. Okay. Who wants to go next?
1: And that's that's enough for Brock. That's uh
2: <laughs> that's a
1: a running in charge, two-handed sword ready to uh, end this thing as soon as possible.
2: Okay. Are you doing like a? Like a run by, like batting motion, because you move beyond
0: it. Because <laughs> I like that image. I, I like to imagine he does like a dramatic like, anime slide past it, like in yeah, the snow, like, like goes by with the giant swords. It's like Aah!
1: it just saw of it, <laughs> or not? Maybe let's have a look. Oh, Seventeen.
0: Okay, you're you choosing your normal two hander, aren't you? Yeah okay your sword slices deeply into the creature as you like slide past it dramatically in the snow your hair sort of flowing out behind you the it caught seems to cause like a very deep wound on the creature but it doesn't like respond it doesn't show any sign of pain and as you skid to a stop and turn around, to sort of dropping into a combat stance you see the wound on it just go and close up
1: but maybe you forgot john striking vulnerable monsters at level four oh, for the
0: Yeah, very good in which, in which case, ignore the bit about the wound closing up. It doesn't show. It still doesn't show any signs of pain. However, the deep wound you've inflicted on it remains. That's thank under. you. Thank you for reminding me. I had indeed forgotten about that ability. <laughs> okay, I've marked the four damage on it. Cool. Okay, who's next? Quentin,
2: Quentin are you itching to go or?
0: I'll shoot it with a crossbow bolt. That's all I've got handy at the minute. Yep. Okay.
1: Uh, Seventeen for three points of damage.
0: Okay, you fire a crossbow bolt at it. It sticks in like the shoulder blade of the creature. Again, it doesn't seem to like register any sign of pain. It's still sort of like growling and burbling menacingly to hop. Okay. Why more. What are you and bullseye uh, up to? Yeah, so we're
2: we're gonna do like a pincer move with bullseye. Um, so he's gonna like we're we're coming in all, all like in, in motion uh of, of tactical uh nature, but what it uh, it amounts to is uh, Weimar is trying to get real close, and then pull out the sun sword and give it like um uh, take advantage of the fact that it's going to flare uh, right in his face. Indeed, <laughs> oh, so we're, we're like coming in like oh we're gonna get you, but the actual uh, you know trick is I will look into this like giant flashlight that I have. <laughs> and... Indeed, as you pull the torch out, <laughs> its head actually like snaps around, and it's like yeah. And I'll, I'll do a like a basic ass like fencer lunge, just like trying to like impale it in the
0: in the middle section. Go for it, and in case I need to like confirm, I don't think I do, but this is undead.
2: Yeah, I uh, I think we we sort of did that with with poor uh, cursed friend over here. Um, here we go. So grayscale. There we go.
3: <laughs> Damn.
0: 28 John does it hit <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a very palpable hit ok I'll knock the it lets out this ear piercing shriek as the the sun sword bites into its undead flesh the, the wound blistering and blackening as the sword bites into it ok what about Bullseye then?
2: Uh, Bullseye is is for the moment uh, content to uh, basically act as a distraction. Okay. Um, to be, there basically like if, and this is you know I know the mechanics, but like he's he's there to basically try and you know help Malcolm. Like if there is a possibility of getting in the way with a shield, like he, he's there for that more than you know getting with the axe because he's kind of picking up on the fact that it's like like Brock's real strong. And he didn't even seem to care about that too much. <laughs> so he's kind of like, well, here to save my friends, not to kill the beasts.
0: Okay, so I'm going to move on to the NPC. So at this point, Malcolm, can you please roll me 2D4? Oh, Malcolm
2: might not be present.
0: Oh, that's right. If you want to roll it, that's fine.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll toss it. That's six.
0: Okay, that's fine. So, uh, this creature leaps towards Bullseye, and as it does so, it throws back its head, and it lets out this sort of ululating howl, and from the forest around, you hear the sound of, like, wolves, large wolves howling back in response. And I'm going to roll for its attack on a...
3: Bullseye.
0: Okay, so... It lunges towards Bullseye. He literally le- leaps out of the way and you see its razor sharp claws like smash into the tree that he was stood in front of a few moments before and as it pulls its hand away again you see like the part of the tree where its claws sunk in almost like they were just sinking into butter they went in like nothing you see like that whole part of the tree just like ages visibly in front of your eyes just like withers crumbles to dust and falls to the floor okay it's back right to you guys again Okay, I will go with my
4: sword of respect once again. Oh, and uh, I'll miss him. Yeah. Even worse this time. That's
0: the last time. <laughs> so you you lash out with the sword of respect, and it actually like jumps up, so just like springs up into one of the lower branches of the trees that you're under. And your sword swings through the air that it occupied a few moments earlier. Okay, Brock.
1: Yeah, I mean, seeing this damage that it's doing to the trees and stuff, he's going grip to his, grip his sword just that little bit tight, you know, tighter, and he's just going to really try and lay into this to try and end this as fast as possible. Oh, that could be a hit.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, that's a good hit as well okay so yeah your your blade bites into the creature and it lets out a howl of pain okay one more and bullseye sorry quentin do you want to go
1: first i'll try shooting a crossbow again <laughs>
0: Uh, hits twenty three for two points of damage. Okay, <clears throat> another crossbow bolt thuds into it. Okay, one more and Bullseye.
2: Um, bullseye is going to because um, there's that like jump away. it claws the tree. Bullseye's gonna smash with the shield, just like do a shield bash in the face. And he's he's trying to you know taunt it. He's banging the. <laughs> The axe on the shield is like, nice. Come on! Come on! That's the
3: best you got!
2: And, um, uh, Weimar is, is going to try for another lunge, um, praying that the, the few times as an archer that he actually got to sit down with the fencing guy, uh, that he actually remembers how this thing works in a real situation with a with a non-dead monster in a in a forest. Okay. Praise Gale. Mm. <laughs>
0: 12. Okay, yep, so he he swings his weapon at the creature, slicing into the branch that it's on, and it, but it drops down out of the branch. It's now at ground level again, but he doesn't manage to inflict any harm. Right, well,
2: that's... Uh... I think that's that's us right yep, everyone. yep.
0: okay so i'm going to go on to him and as i said previously when you heard like the cry of wolves answering you see large shapes Yee-y. start emerging from the trees surrounded however they're not going to get to move this turn because that turns like arriving on the map basically okay so let's see how the, the monster does Okay, so the monster hits, so rakes bullseye for seven damage. You see him fall back, and you notice as bullseye sort of falls back, cradling this wound on his torso that as he falls back he looks noticeably older and i will tell you now for game effect when you earned all that bucket load of xp last session bullseye would have gone up a level which we forgot to do however he has just lost a level so we will not need to make that amendment on his sheet and like i say as he falls back you notice he has like more lines on his face and he looks no physically older Okay, over to you guys.
4: Okay, uh, so I will go again. Well, that's better.
0: uh, So that's 21 for 5 points of damage. Okay, yep, the Sword of Respect bites into this creature. It hisses in pain as your sword bites deeply for five points of damage
1: Hmm. okay brock right let's finish this (sighs) 20 for four damage okay
0: your double-handed sword comes down biting into this accursed creatures of flesh it's still going however despite the fact it's like covered in wounds there's bits of it hanging off there's like blood everywhere like blood seems to like lots of blood seems to be like running out of its wounds
1: weakened it for you Weimar I'll finish him
2: (laughs) Quentin you want to take a shot or
3: um... no yeah
2: (laughs) so um, I like Quentin I'm good mate I'm good (laughs) i <laughs> like, I'm good. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Weimar is going to go in for a kill um, with the sun sword. Uh, uh, or not, or
0: not, as the case may be. Fourteen, John. It's not enough, I'm afraid. As you swing the sun sword, it leaps to one side. The sword hits the snow, and you hear their hiss as the snow is melted and turned into steam by the resplendent really heat of the sun sword. Okay, anyone else? Well, Bra... Well, uh, I'll Wolf's Eye, try. <laughs> wolf'seye
2: is going to stagger away <laughs> at this point.
1: Yeah, we've got some new friends arrived at us as well, haven't we?
2: Yeah. I think he's going to give it a shot. Like can he get to the tree up here i guess it's it's not really a matter because the direwolves are so big they came over the wall anyway so. yeah yeah <clears throat> well he's going to stagger back take out his like swap to a bow take a shot at this one
0: okay 14. Yep. That's a hit. Nice damage. Yeah, so you hear a yelp from the wolf as the arrow bites deeply into its flank. And Quentin, if you want to take a shot, go for it. Yeah.
1: No. (laughs) Okay.
0: So onto the NPCs. Right, the the creature is going to attempt to attack Harp. Okay, that's a twenty-one. Ooh, that hits. Okay, you take two hit points of damage. Okay. Okay, and you feel distinctly older and more haggard. You have now lost two experience levels. Oof. And sorry, bulls eyes also lost two experience levels. I got it wrong when I said one. But we'll, we'll deal with that afterwards. Okay. Okay, right, I'm going to move the the wolves... And do their attacks as they come galloping into the aid of this creature.
1: It's very busy all of a sudden.
0: Okay, so we've got two on Brock. All bite attacks. Okay, first one misses. Second one misses. So, as these two dire wolves come in either side of you, Brock, you're fending them off, you know, like kicking them in the face and, like, punching them. And like keeping them at bay. Okay, we've got one attacking wyrmol. Okay, so that's an eighteen to hit. That hits. You take seven points of damage as this dire wolf tears into you with its jaws. Okay, one attacking bullseye. misses somehow the the haggard aged former bullseye is able to like, haul himself up into a tree so just out of reach of this thing it's, it's going to be able to jump up at him but it, for the moment he's managed to avoid it and we've got two on malcolm first one misses second one 17 enough to hit you no oh, 21 is the number okay yep so these two dire wolves come at you sort of trying to bite and latch onto you but thanks to your armor and your nimbleness you're able to avoid them okay it's over to you guys uh okay so i will
4: uh swing at the creature And okay. miss again. Nothing doing, I'm afraid. No, not not,
1: not my nose. Um This has got to end. Right. I shall swing at this foul creature once more. Be gone, foul that beast. That will do us. 19
0: for seven. Okay, would you like to describe how you've cinematically dispatched this creature? Um.
1: Yeah, so this creature just took a, a bite out of Malcolm. Well it didn't it didn't actually bite him, wow. it just clawed him with oh his clawed hands. him. Okay. Okay, so his attention is obviously distracted towards Malcolm. Um so I think it feels that it's fairly invincible towards me, but obviously it's it's learned that's a mistake to make. So um yeah, I've I've taken the massive swing my two handed sword um and just plowed into the neck of this thing uh and it's it's come straight off of its shoulders but unusual to the situation no blood's come out of it and it's it's just fallen headless straight that forward. is
0: a- absolutely fine fully down with that description with one exception when you chop off its head a lotto blood comes out oh right it, it's it's literally like a blood fountain just like a a humongous gout of like its whole body was just like a bag for like containing blood and you've just like squeezed the bag. Just, just this fountain. fountain. Just <laughs> this fountain of blood erupts. Like anyone who's like adjacent to it is now like covered in blood. And it's its body stands upright for a few moments as its head rolls into the snow and then the body just topples to the floor. And as you watch you can see the body like visibly like starts to like wither and age. And sort of crumble to dust in front of your your eyes until after a few moments all that remains is bones and then they too start to crumble to dust that starts dispersing on the winter wind of Valconen.
1: yeah and i that brings a, a very small smile to my face but almost straight away i realized we're still in sort of grave danger so
0: indeed however at this point i'm back. gonna make a morale check for the dire wolves. Since the creature that summoned them is now brown bread, however, they're successful, so they will continue attacking. So we've done Brock. Now we've got Wyrmar and Bullseye. Yep, <clears throat> and we're going to continue along
2: that vein, John. As I uh, hot swap, pull out one of my pistols. Yep. Give it a go with my uh, my new friend here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh huh. Here it goes. Mm-hmm. I get a plus one because. Of Point blank. Come on. Okay. Everything's all set up. Mm, there, oh, we no. there
0: we go. Oh, shit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I blew one part of its ear clean off.
0: Yeah, you, you blow one of this direwolf's ears off and because you've just fired a black powder weapon, obviously they have to make a morale check. Yep. So, let me roll that for them. Yeah, they're good.
2: Well, <laughs> here we go.
0: Okay, Bullseye doing
2: anything? Uh, bullseye, um, hand axe. Um, getting into the beatdown. That was a lot of spinning and not a lot of results.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It looks as though like whatever this creature's done to to bullseye is starting to take his toll he's moving a bit slower he looks weary he doesn't manage to land the blow on it yeah, quentin, he's breathing hard yeah quentin i mean bullseye was pretty pretty old anyway quentin
1: take a with a crossbow, bolt.
0: okay now bear in mind shooting into combat there is a chance that you may hit the person who is in combat with the wolves however since you've been like static i'm going to assume that you've been like aiming yeah, I think you would have been. So basically, what that means is, you you do your roll to hit as normal. So make your roll to hit. Okay, which wolf are you shooting up?
1: Uh, I'm going go to go for the nearest one, so it's probably one of the ones on Malcolm.
0: Okay, so there's there's two wolves on. Malcolm, um, so normally it'd be like, you roll a d6, 1 to 4, you've hit a wolf, 5 to 6, you've hit Malcolm, however, because you've been aiming, effectively you need to roll me a d6, and anything but a 6, you've hit a wolf. Oh. Yep, yeah, you're fine. So, the nearest wolf to you lets out a, a sort of squealing yelp, as a crossbow bolt hits it in the side near its flank, just did up those points from it. There we go. Okay. Any more for any more? Okay. All right, let's move on to the dire wolves. So the two attacking Brock. First one misses. Second one, misses. Oh,
3: okay,
0: one <laughs> <That's> it, <yeah. laughs> misses. Okay, the
1: one attacking Wymar. This is the honeymoon period. That's it, yeah. Misses.
0: Okay, the one attacking Bullseye. Oh Okay, let's check on Bullseye's hit points. Right to the. The wolf bites into, leaps up, ragging bullseye, or wolf's eye should we call him, out of the trace of biting into his leg. He's still going but he's looking, things looking pretty dire as far as a I like
2: to, I like to imagine though, like there's like he's physically very changed by the, the, the dark yeah. forces, right? Uh, but I like to imagine like he's no, nothing else has changed, so he's still like screaming invective against this wolf as it like drags him down the trees like come on then let's let's go another round i can do this all day is is that all you've got (laughs) yeah and he's in a bad way right now he's in a bad way (laughs) he's not he's not great
0: okay so the two on uh malcolm first one misses second one misses Okay, it's so over to you guys again. Okay, so I will swing at the one that Quentin has shot. Okay.
4: Uh, that's 15 for 10 points of damage.
0: Okay. Yep, you slice into the already injured direwolf with the Sword of Respect spelling its end, and it collapses in the snow at your feet. Nice. Okay, Brock.
1: Can I try and assist Bullseye? Can I move down? Yeah. I'm going to try and um, take a swing at this one, try and give him a bit of support. I don't want anyone else dying today. Okay. So I come pushing out through the trees. Okay, yep, you hack, you
0: push through the trees and you hack into the dire wolf that's menacing bullseye. You have not killed it, but you have scored a serious wound on it as you slice into its lower back.
1: And I try and draw its attention where possible. Okay, Quentin. There's, there's one left near Malcolm, but I'm going to have to move to shoot. So Move to there, and then I should have a big enough target to aim at. Okay. Obviously, because
0: you've moved, you won't be able to like aim, aim. So basically, that means that it'll be like a 50-50 chance. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just moving for now. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Absolutely fine. Basically, next turn, if you spend your move aiming and then shoot... It'll be like one to two, you've hit Malcolm, anything else, it's the wolf. Okay, so you move to start taking up position. Okay, one more in bullseye. Okay. Back
2: in the bandolier, the pistol goes. Out comes the sword of the sun. Uh. Yeah, now it's the full-on choir. There's um, like church
0: bells going off and everything.
2: Yep, and the sun goes up and it comes down. Nice. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> on this wolf right in front of me. Okay. No, no. <laughs> it, it, go- it goes down somewhere far in the west from here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what I do? Um,
2: yeah, just... <clears throat> old man I, I think right now the situation is like, he's like, the, the wolf obviously has the upper hand, basically like he's on top of him. But he's got his shield in the wolf's mouth, and he's just desperately trying to get a hit with the axe. Okay. <laughs> like, Sounds good. Barely hanging on. Okay, <clears throat> come on, old boy.
0: <sighs> Maybe Bullseye's best days are behind him. He's mm-hmm. he's struggling. He's like, say, so he's breathing heavy. Uh-huh. He's like sweating like the cold, starting to penetrate into his bones, and he's he's moving too slowly. He's not able to get a blow on the creature. And
2: he's only holding the Wolf at Bay with, like, the shield is, is stuck against his chest. Like, he's not pushing anything. He's just, like, got this piece of wood be- between him and the wolves. Like,
3: ah! Oh!
0: Okay, so, to the wolves. So, the one that was previously being held off by Brock moves in to the side of you, more. So, we've got the two wolves that are to the north of you are going to attack you. First one misses. okay for you guys, my rolls are incredibly pants at the minute. He says as the second one hits and does seven points of damage to you, Walmart. As one of the walls bites into your midriff. Okay, this one here, if, I, if it'll let me ping it.
2: So, level seven?
0: Yeah. So, that one I've just pinged is going to attack Brock. Misses. Okay, the one down here is going to attack Bullseye again.
3: Ooh.
0: Okay, so the wolf there literally grabs hold of balls by like shaking him around like a rag doll and tears him to pieces
1: bane
0: okay and we've got one still attacking malcolm so i'll roll for that oh it bites into you for six hit points of damage malcolm Okay, it's back over to you guys.
4: I will try and return the favour.
0: Uh sixteen for eight points of damage. Okay, yep, yeah, the sword of respect bites deeply into the dire wolf flesh. It is still going there. Okay. Quentin, do you want to take your shot? Obviously you've been aiming. So you can make your to hit roll 23 for one point of damage. (laughs) Okay, so roll me a d6. If you get a one or a two, you've hit Malcolm. Anything else, it's the wolf. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so as you're fighting Malcolm, I presume 23 is enough to hit you It is, yeah So a bolt goes past you sort of like misses the wolf as it sort of ducks down but it like grazes the side of your neck causing you one hit point of damage
1: Okay Brock Yeah, I should attack this one to the south of me that's wounded
0: Ah. Oh. Terrible. Perhaps unsettled by the the violent bloody death of a Bullseye, you're unable to land a hit on the creature. Why more? What do you do? Tag this one for six. And indeed tag it you do as the the sun sword bites into it.
1: In game terms, if you fired another pistol, would they have to make another check? or does Unfortunately, it only... no, because now no, they I
2: understand did... gunpowder technology. And I thought that would
1: yeah, I thought that'd be the case. but.
0: Oh. Okay, so on to the wolves. So, two attacking, one more. So another one bites you for five hit points of damage. So second one. And the second one bites you for seven points of damage. So basically Wamar is being shredded right now. Yeah, literally there's there's like two dire walls a bit into you and they're like almost like a dog with like a, a tug of war They're uh, like trying to pull you to pieces. Okay, so we've got the, the third one is attacking Brock. There'll be two attacking Brock now. First one misses you by like the barest whisker. Second one. The second one gets nowhere near. You deftly evade it. So now just the one attacking Markham. Gets nowhere near you. Okay, over to you guys again. Uh,
4: okay, so I want to try and swing up my one. Ooh, that'll do. Ooh, that'll oh. do. Indeed it will. Uh, so, on the assumption that that's, that's a dead dire wolf. It is indeed.
0: You hack it down
4: what I want to do is basically use my movements to swap places with Weimar. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going I was I'm gonna suggest
1: standing, he falls so... back. Stand behind me
4: away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of shove him aside and stand in there. front of
0: Okay, no problems. Okay, Quentin. I'm gonna give uh, Weimar this Revify potion okay, no problems so Quentin runs over to you and he holds out this this uh, pearlescent potion that he's got drink it
2: <laughs> okay have to help me. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, roll me a d6. Why not? Well, it's okay. more than one, which is you, what I was expecting. You regain five hit points, okay. as you feel vit- some vitality flowing back into your limbs. One of the bites closes. I know. <laughs> I've removed. <laughs> Only seven more I've to go. <laughs> I've removed that of Quentin's uh, inventory. There we go. Okay, so Brock. Yeah,
1: I'm going to try and tack this one just to the side of Malcolm. Because he's looking a bit surrounded there. Ah, oh, bloody ones.
0: Okay, so you do manage to hack into it. However, you only score a very sort of shallow cut on it. It is still going. Okay. Any more for any more. Right. On to the wolves then. So, two attacking Malcolm. Ouch. Okay. You take four hit points of damage as one of the wolves bites into you. Second one. Oh! <laughs> you take three hit points of damage as another oh, all grabs onto your leg could have been worse could have been much worse and then we've got two attacking brock oh they finally hit home okay you take five hit points of damage as one of the wolves bites into you okay second one attacking brock oh
1: it's all going off
0: and you take five hit points of damage from that one.
1: Okay. As basically these
0: four wolves just like tear into Malcolm and Brock. Over to you guys.
4: Uh, um, I shall just attack this one here. It seems to be injured. Ooh.
0: Whoa, well, I'm nice. hoping that's another dead one. Okay, let me just check. And it has exactly nine hit points. So, yeah, describe how you hack that wolf down.
4: So I guess as it's just after leaning in and biting Brock, and as it's kind of retreating a little bit, I just want to swing my sword down and chop its head off and leave it there, bleed. And... Um,
0: and then snarl at its me And indeed, that's what happens. However, since over 50% of them are dead now, they need to make a morale check, which they succeed on. Um,
2: like, can we tame these, Malcolm? Because th- these, these are beasts. <laughs> they don't care about anything.
0: <laughs> uh. OK, who's next?
2: Uh.
1: i guess Malcolm's that's been in
2: it or, or brock
1: yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll attack this one yeah, yeah. to the south for me try and ah it's all going horribly wrong all of a sudden okay quentin
0: i suppose you've done the giving the potion i mean you say so. it's not a lot i can do um until i'm i've got a clear line of sight at the minute so okay any more for any more
2: well is do I get a swing? Yeah, yeah. Is the, is the, okay, so I stagger here, <laughs> this way, I suppose. Well, no, because Malcolm's being face down, buddies. So I suppose I'll stagger here and with like my jaw just plastered with this this potion's remains. Uh, is it, Oh, like my beard stained with it. Uh, I'll coffin sputter as I come in with the sun sword. Distinctly not elegant. The there's no fencing strategy here anymore. It's just overhand swing. Let's get it done.
0: Ooh,
1: yeah, nice. <laughs> Let's go.
0: Yeah, you stagger forward with this wild overhead swing and it bites deeply into the back of this dire wolf that howls in pain. Okay. So, on to the wolves. So, one attacking Malcolm. Is there anything I could have done to get the two of them to attack me? Not really because you're already like engaged in combat with, with them. Okay. That misses anyway. Okay, the so there's one that's it's got a choice of you or Wymore basically. So I'm gonna make a roll. I'm gonna say that on a one to two it attacks Malcolm. Anything else it's gonna go for Wymar because he's just done like serious damage to him. Okay, so it's on Wimar.
2: Let's go, Wolfie!
0: <laughs> I'm assuming a no. 14 doesn't hit.
2: Yeah, just <laughs> barely, and I think it's an entirely an accident. Like I accidentally dodged it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I think it, it sort of leaps forward, lunging at you, and as you're sort of like backing off with the sword, you accidentally like trip over a tree root and sort of like land it's on like, your whoa! land on your back as it like sails through the air like over the top of you. And you like quickly jump to your feet, sort of turning around to face it. Okay, we've got one attack, the last one attacking Brock. I'm guessing a 14, sorry, 16 probably doesn't hit you.
1: 17, I
0: am. Okay, so this wolf hurls itself at you, and by the now you sort of fling yourself to one side and it misses you by like a whisker. Okay, over to you guys. Uh, I will attack this injured one just in
4: front of me. Oh, that's probably not going to do it, is it? 14. That's a hit. Okay, so that's four points of damage on the injured one. Okay. But I also want to have damaged it on its nose or something to really aggravate
0: it. Okay, absolutely fine. Okay, one more.
2: Well, <clears throat> we're we're going in uh, once more into the breach. Same target, no hit though. <laughs> I th- I don't think. No. Oh, it's, a hit. it's <laughs> a hit. oh no, yeah yeah yeah, it's so, barely yeah. a hit. Yep,
0: three damage. Yep. So as as it sort of turns around to face malcolm you sort of like drag yourself back to the feet sort of swinging your sword up from the floor and you yep. catch it in its back leg you hear a yelp of pain as the the sun sword of bites into it
1: okay rock okay I shall continue the onslaught against this one come on oh another fourteen <laughs> so- <laughs>
0: You barely clearing the bar. Okay, Quentin. There's a wolf next to Brock, yeah? Yep. Okay, so
2: I'm going to have to do a a running stab where I intend to run past the bloody thing.
0: Yep, go for it. Move yourself to where you want to be. Okay, make your attack roll. Uh yeah, three points of damage. Yep, so Brock, as you're fighting this huge shaggy dire wolf, you hear the soft like of like footfalls running past it almost silently in the snow. And you see Quentin dart past it using like a dagger or something, Quentin?
1: Yeah, I've got a silver dagger.
0: Yep, so as Quentin runs past it, he opens like a thin crimson line down the flank of the beast as he's like, and just runs past it, slicing it. Nice. Okay. Anyone else? All right, it's onto the walls then. So, one on Malcolm... Misses. One, on, one on. Also, misses.
2: Uh, I think that's because <laughs> I I tagged it in the back back leg and it, it whips around like you, and then I'll, I'll just like throw myself on the
0: snow <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> to to avoid the the snapping jaws that come after me.
0: Okay, and the last one on Brock. Gets nowhere near you. It lunges at you and you just like backhand it across the face, Brock. And it sort of falls back a few paces. Over to you guys again. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to go for this very injured one
4: and hopefully put him out of his misery. Um. Four points of damage.
0: Yep, you hack it down to the snow. It lies dead at your feet. Okay, Quentin. Stab this wolf in the back. Okay, I'll move you in, make your attack roll. Yep, as it's sort of paying mostly attention to Brock, you run in and stab your dagger into its haunches. Okay, Brock. You've seen Alice.
1: you've seen Quentin run up behind
0: it. and He's like into the back of it with his dagger.
1: Yeah, I try and take a advantage of its distraction. Ah, oh. fails miserably.
0: Indeed. Okay. Any more for any more?
1: Boimer
0: mm. rounds to go, does he?
4: Yep.
1: Oh, sorry. So,
2: I <clears throat> climb over the the corpse. I guess standing on the corpse now. Yep. Um, trying to have the high ground. Um, <laughs> here we go. Oh, that barely rolled. It would have been a twenty, but not in this world. It is a twenty on the on the pluses, though.
0: Indeed. So you stagger over this this wolf corpse. Wildly swinging and slashing at the beast in front of you. Okay, so the the one up here, I'm going to make a straight roll one to three. It's harp, otherwise it's a Weimar. Okay, it's wyrmor.
3: <laughs>
0: bring it. Oh, don't. It, it, it brings it. <laughs> don't on bring it. it. Okay, take five hit points of damage. Ah, that was the wound that I just
2: healed. Okay, so it's got my
0: leg. Yeah. Like, so basically, you're staggering over this this wolf carcass, swinging it. You're like, bring it! It like just like launches itself and like slams into your chest, like biting its jaws around your midriff.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll try and hug its head.
0: Look, like, Malcolm. <laughs> Anytime you're ready, Malcolm. Uh, now would be great. <laughs> Okay, so the direwolf down here, I'm going to roll a d6, 1 to 2, it's going for Quentin, otherwise it's going for Brock. Okay, it's going for Quentin. However, due to your deft, roguish dexterity, as it leaps at you, you nimbly jump out of the way and it gets nowhere near biting you. Okay, over to you guys again.
4: Okay, I will try and uh, kill this direwolf before it eats Weimar. Ooh, that'll do. Mom. Uh, four hit
0: points of damage. Okay. You do manage to hit it. However, it's still going why not? can you fell this beast well because it's is
2: like on me um, somewhat difficult to use the sword effectively so <laughs> yeah I mean I guess but you know okay well uh, let's let's try that let's try that here we go there we go oh there we go Yeah. so I think <laughs> what happens is like I, I go in for the oh I'm gonna like strike this down but it um, it like squeezes and it's like oh, almost blacking out from the pain and then it just turns into like well if we're gonna go you're gonna eat the sword as well and just like push it in the craw <laughs> Like all the way down to the hill, like it's, it looks like it's eating my hands because I'm, I'm inside it.
0: Indeed, and you sort of as you do so, and you feel this thing—the the full weight of this thing—like just become a dead weight on your chest. You sort of fall backwards in the snow, and you're like, you like heave this thing off you, and with a loud, like,
2: yeah. It and now I was I was already covered in blood from the the creature that we blew up. Also, now wolf's blood, just steaming with blood and gore. my own and everyone else's apparently
0: okay Quentin keep stabbing this wall go for it that's it no don't stab the wall (laughs) okay we've still got Brock to go though Oh, oh there we are. Look at that. When
1: I, when I hear the wolf crumbles behind me, it, which was distracting me because my two colleagues were in quite some dire straits, now I get some concentration because I know this is the last beast and I just plow my sword two-handed straight down its throat.
0: Indeed, and that's what happens and it crumples into the snow. You all stand there breathing heavily, many of you bleeding from wounds. You look around for signs of other threats. But after a few minutes, nothing else appears to manage you.
2: Wymore falls to the ground. I'm
1: going to uh, pick Wymore up and take him to the cart and try and make him as comfortable as possible.
0: Okay, that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. He, he swoops yeah, in, picks up Weimar, he's like, I can be your hero, baby.
1: As in that, carries you <laughs> to the car. And then I'll go back to collect the the body of Bullseye as well.
0: Yeah, he's in several bits, but you, like, scrape him together. Yeah. He, he's on, he's obviously dead.
1: Oh. Yeah, I'd still rather take him back for a proper bearer. I'll help Malcolm to the car, because he's also in a bit of a bad condition.
4: Yeah, I guess I'll be looking to examine the body to see if there's any sign of this blood king um or anything and Just
1: Sorry to interrupt, but while I put Weimar in the car, I'm gonna give this other guy a once over before I leave him <laughs> with Weimar <laughs> to see what sort of state this other guy's in after the beast fell.
0: So, sorry, which guy is it you're looking at, sorry?
1: You know, the villager. Our, our, our the patient. The patient oh, we yes, brought yes, with us the, in uh, a wagon.
0: The guy in the cart, he, yeah. he he still appears pale. However, you notice that, like, obviously he's been tossing and turning and, like, muttering strange stuff in his, like, sleep as you've been, like, carting your way through the forest. He now appears to be, like, resting much more peacefully.
1: Right, well, I'm des- definitely listening out while I collect up the parts of balls, just in case he stirs I'm- I'm uh, very suspicious of him still.
0: Well, I'll I tell you what, let, let's take it down to a dice roll. So, since you're the one looking at him, Brock, yeah. roll, roll me a d6. Anything but one, you grant. D6. R6. Yep, so you, you check <sighs> him over. He still looks like malnourished and obviously he's cold, but he appears to be like resting peacefully, his chest rising and falling regularly. There's no sign of any activity from him. He appears to, for the first time in days, weeks, he appears
1: to be in a peaceful, dreamless sleep. reassures me enough to collect up the body.
0: Okay. No problems. You collect up the body. What do you guys
4: want to do now? I want to examine what's left of the creature to see if there's any evidence of the Blood King or any... I don't
0: know. Writings are okay. I can't. You move over to examine the body, and by now it's a little more than like a pile of dust with like a few bone fragments in it. You don't see any obvious signs of like insignia or anything like that. There's obviously like this huge like pool of like blood staining the snow around where it was killed.
4: Okay. Uh, suggest we head back to New Zealand for. Some rest and recuperation. I say as I collapse on the ground. Seconded.
0: No <laughs> oh, idea. Yeah, you, you, when you're like, oh, let's head back to the village and rest up for a bit, there are no voices raised in that like, argument against that. Everyone seems to be fully on board with the let's head back to New Zealand and rest up for a bit plan.
1: Especially the let's leave. <laughs>
0: Okay, so you guys start getting your carts together, and you start heading back towards New Zealand. So I'll move us all back onto the the main map. Okay, so it's a today's travel back towards uh, New Zealand let me just make a roll see if you have any random encounters on the way back Okay, so you're travelling back towards New Zealand, when all of a sudden you hear a (coughs) from the cart, there is a jolt, and it dips down on one side. As you look over at it, you can see that one of the wheels appears to have struck a rock hidden underneath the snow, and it has broken one of the wagon wheels. Hmm... Now, a wagon can still move, as long as it's only got one wheel broken, it can still move, but it sort of reduces the, the speed, basically, to like half speed. Which basically, all that means is there'll be like another random encounter roll before you get back. Because obviously, you're having to move more slowly and you're having to pick your route more carefully. We've
1: put, we've put all the weight into the good corner as much as possible to try and you know, aid it. Very sensible. Take the weight away from that corner as well. And indeed, that does seem to help.
0: Okay, so you limp back to New Zealand. It it takes a day. Obviously, any of you are resting, you can regain 1d3 hit points. Obviously, you need to eat a ration each. You know, normal travelling stuff. but you do make it back to New Zealand. Obviously the, when you are sort of rolling your wagons, like limping along, you've probably like patched the wheel up temporarily, but it needs some repairs. That'll, that'll cost you a few gold pieces. So If you want to just cross them up, you can easily get that repaired. That's fine. Yeah. Can we actually buy a
4: spare set of wheels? And the equipment
0: to change yeah that's fine so three gold pieces for like, fixing your first wheel and then we'll say 10 gold pieces and you've got like a, a full set of like spare wheels basically and, cool. stuff to and with like it. the hammer and nails whatever yeah else yeah, all, to, all, yeah all of the kits like thrown in that's not a problem the the villagers obviously seen the state you're in like come out and like h- help you into the village and like a couple of the guards helps them like drag the wagon the rest of the way because they can see you're in a bad way as you head into the village as that, obviously the word quickly goes round, the link. You know, you're back, you're back, etc. And you're in a bad way. You see, Sally comes running out towards you, and she's like, "Oh, oh, oh. What, 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 what happened? Is is everything all right?" And she looks quite panicked. Obviously, like, most of like most like covered in blood and bits of wolf and wounds and.
1: I try and aid. I've forgotten his name. What was his name? Sorry, S- Set. Set. I try and aid him off the wagon and sort of assist him back to sally to you know, yeah. meet up
0: it, he's in a deep sleep but between the two of you you're able to like get him back to the hut and get him settled and you notice as you're getting him settled like just only very faintly which like, a little bit of like the colors sort of like come back to his cheeks and she, sally is like thanking you profusely as you help her brock saying like oh he's he's already looking like better than he's done in in ages and she doesn't know how she can thank you
1: yeah i just i just mentioned that we we killed the the foul creature that put some curse on him and he seems to be sleeping much more restfully now so hopefully he'll make her a, a recovery after some time
0: uh, again she just the words tumbling out of it she just carries on thanking you and she obviously like, goes straight to the bedside of seth as you like, lay him down on this
1: straw mattress and with that, also, I must help my friends.
0: Oh, yes, yes, of course. Back to the group. Okay, no problems. You head back to the group. You're all reconvened in the uh, in New Zealand. What do you want to
1: do? I'm going to organise the burial of Bullseye. In our little graveyard or whatever we've got, the yep. outskirts of town or just outside of town or whatever.
0: No problem. You you lay him to you lay him to rest respectfully,
1: and I'll make sure there's a a weapon like in his hand on his body, as the Ice Walker tradition. So
2: yeah, he can have his shield and hand axe and bow all in the ground.
1: Yep, so make sure he's got weapons in hand for the difficult journey ahead. Indeed.
0: Does anyone say anything particularly at at the ceremony? Obviously you don't have to.
2: I suppose I, I, I would have said something... <clears throat> well we don't really have because our uh, our Leanderite priests keep dying uh, we don't have anyone sort of trained in this sort of thing well, I would have said um, <clears throat> though uh, he was working for coin uh that's something we all aspire to here. Prosperity. In our own way. And uh, I, I do feel like every time we put one of our ostensibly friends uh, into the ground, we've, we're, we're way past the point that we could alter our course. This, This is it. We've we've staked our ground here with the bodies of our friends. And we're at least I will I will own that. And I'll carry that forward to all the negotiating tables, all the towers we decide to build.
0: For what it's worth, anyway. And I think as as Weimar says that in the you sort of like wrapped up the body so it's not like bits of it falling out, and you you lay that to rest in the, the sort of g- growing henchman graveyard of New Zealand. I think that's where the sort of slightly more somber than normal like end music starts to play, and we slowly fade to black there. And that is the end of the session. Thank you very much for playing, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. great, great course. And obviously we'll sort out XP and whatnot now. But for now, I'm, again, it just remains to make you thank my wonderful players. If anyone is watching this, I'm going to end the stream now. Hopefully we'll catch you in the next session.